0: What if Netflix's biggest show ever became real? Well, that's what happens in Squid Game The Challenge, the new reality challenge show from Netflix, where real people face the infamous challenges from Squid Game. But what was it like being on the show and filming for weeks? Today, I sat down with seven players from the show to hear their experiences, to tune in as we reveal what was the true challenge of Squid Game The Challenge. <laughs>
1: hey how you doing glad to be here very
0: honored so thank you very much for having me yeah thank you so much for coming on tj hello how are you i'm
2: good how are you
0: i'm good i'm good thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me sincerely thank you for having me hello lindsay (laughs) welcome to the podcast
3: hello i'm excited to be here
0: Hello, Kevin. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hi, Elliot. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much
4: for being here. Hi. Lovely Lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Hello, DeAndre. Welcome to the podcast. What's
4: popping? What's popping?
5: Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. That is fantastic for having me. Really great. i excited to talk about... My time in Squid Games.
0: The first question I wanted to ask about being on the show was how did you get the chance to come on? Was there an audition process? Did someone approach you? What was it like? No, I was actually driving up north and I was just, let me just check my because I've been trying to get on a show for
1: years. Um, and so I just saw the Squid Game thing and I'm a, I, you know, I love the show. So I saw the link, clicked it, didn't think anything of it. And then like the next day I got a call back and they just said, "Hey, we you know we're interested," and so you have to go through this kind of like this long grooving process. You know, they test you for everything, um, you know, your health and your your, um, your your mental health and everything, and background checks, social websites, and you know, you go through this long process. So, and yeah, I I guess I passed.
2: <laughs> I found it by dumb luck. I was scrolling Twitter and scrolling, and I seen uh, now I'm casting for Squid Game the challenge, and I'm like. This ain't season two. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh, I seen it again. It said, today is the last hour of the last day of casting. If you didn't do it now, you'll never be able to. Oh, this is real. Oh. And then, you know, I, I pressed it and I, I, you know, I filled out my info. So my audition video, which they required, uh, I didn't say anything about myself. You know, like I said like three things. I said, I'm tall, I'm a basketball player, I'm from New York. That's it. And it was like, uh... You know, half hour later, they called It was like, yeah, TJ, we need to know a little bit more about you for you to be even eligible for this. (laughs) I was like, oh, oh, this is really real. Oh, it was supposed to be a five-minute conversation. ended up being 45 minutes because, you know, I just, I love talking to people. I love getting to know people and they got to know me all the way. And then that agonizing two months of waiting for me to be actually cast, that was the longest two months of my life
0: yeah yeah i'm sure especially i mean time just seems to slow down when you have like something you're looking forward to or something like that
3: for me it's a little bit of a story but um last summer i <laughs> i applied and got on family feud with my family as like i just wanted to see if i could do it like get get yeah get, get on
0: family feud
3: yeah why not right and you know maybe win some money and stuff and so we went to toronto we did the whole thing and it was such a really cool experience but we didn't win and i was kind of like what the heck <laughs> like I the money would have been great um and so my mom knew i was a little like disappointed but she was like you got us on family feud so easily and she had heard on the radio about an audition for squid games the challenge she's like this is so up your alley Lindsay. like you got us on family feud why not try for this show so i was like you know what you're right I'm gonna do it so I like like we are right now this is kind of I threw my hair up in a bun and I wore my like disgusting gross hoodie and I made a little video just being like hey I'm Lindsay from Canada like please please put me on your show I think I would be really good and yeah they uh they got back to me really fast it was like three days after I sent you my video and then I had multiple zoom calls with their producers and then it was like okay, we had the social media vetting where they had to like go through my social media, which that was fun. And then they had to like do like the physical, make sure I'm like physically fit and then mentally fit like to do it. And then, yeah, I found out at the end of December last year that I was on and then I left January 19th and the rest is history.
6: I saw a posting on Instagram from a casting director uh, about the show. It was somebody that I had followed. I had worked with him uh, on for American Ninja Warrior um, which I competed on a few years ago. So I thought that based on the posting, it sounded ridiculous and wild and crazy and a good adventure. So I guess like, I have to, of course, do this. That was in July of 2022. I submitted a video, written application, then a series of phone calls, then on-camera interview, which I guess they edit down to then pitch to the uh, Netflix staff or the, the producers. And then uh, I didn't find out that I got on the show officially until two days before I flew out to London. So long, Uh, long process, very hurried at the end. It's like, okay, I told work, if I'm not in on Monday, then I'm on sabbatical. If I do come in on Monday, let's just forget that I've talked about any of this stuff.
4: The process was pretty straightforward. It wasn't very complicated as such. So know I saw yeah I saw the the link that was advertised I think it was on Facebook um I was actually dared by a friend to do it so he thought I'd be really really good at the show you know given the nature of the show and he dared me to to do it and he he said his only condition was that he could film you know the audition tape that we did um for 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 the show so Basically, how, how the process worked is you you fill in, you know, questions. They ask you about, you know, why you want to win the money. Why do you think you'd be a good player? And then you then you send in, sorry, on audition tape. there's just a one minute, two minute video, again, answering the same questions, but, you know, live. It was strange because I didn't hear from them for two months. I think it was, I think I sent my audition tape in in, I think it was August of 2022 Um, and I didn't hear back from them until October of the same year. A couple of calls with one of the producers and then the casting director and then you had two Zoom calls again with the casting director and the producer. That was pretty much it and then we went through vigorous medical tests and psychology tests just to make sure that you know, there was no, you know, potential not safety reasons, unsafety yeah. reasons. I can't, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Then yeah, you, you, you're you either hired or you're either, you know, recruited for the show or, or you're not. So what's really funny as well is that I was actually on standby for the show at, at, at originally. So initially I was told that I was on standby that if a player came out of the starting process, then that I would be put into that. So um, to come seventh you know, out of 456 people and, you know, I'd say a 100,000 people because that's how many people applied. Yeah, it was an amazing, it's an an incredible achievement for me. It wasn't a complicated process. It was just more, why did I want to win the money? What would I use it for? Why do I think I'd make a good player? And what would be my strategy in the game as well?
7: When I finished watching the original Squid Game, they had an ad pop up after the show that said, Do you think you could win Squid Game? And I didn't think too much of it at that point. I thought the Squid Game was cool, but then I, had, I saw that someone like reached out to me about the show, like, Hey, you should apply for this. And so this was like way back earlier last year. I just said, you know, I might as well. I thought it was interesting and whatnot. I really loved the episode in the series. It was Really captivating And I said sure the Next thing you know I'm getting calls from The producers and whatnot And you know They're showing some interest But I've you know I've been through this process Before with some other shows They always steer you along A little bit And then drop you At the last minute But yeah They kept in contact I knew probably About a month in ahead That I was going to be on the show Just because you know You had to go get like A physical And go to the doctor's office
5: I don't even know How I got contacted I'm being honest with you I don't even know How it happened Because I had never even Heard of Squid Games And then I had to apply The normal way Through external to US And next minute I never thought any more. About about it and to get this email. Can we call you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm in West Australia, and my phone was ringing, it was meant to be eight o'clock. My phone's ringing at six, so I ignored it because I thought I don't know who that is. And then next time I get all these emails, phone calls, like text messages, could you please answer your phone? We're waiting online. They did the interview anyway, and I was just myself, you know. They didn't want to hear Amanda the actor, they didn't want to hear bullshit, they just wanted to know. About you, and wanted you to be—they wanted you to be honest because you're honest in the game. Because when you're in the game, you don't think you're in the game. You know, you can't pretend for that long. So I was—I just was telling what I'm like. I'm, you know, as you can see, what I'm like. I'm like this all the time, a bit hyper. So I never thought any more about it because it says, like you're on to the next level. We'll phone you tomorrow and record you." He says, "If you win, what would you do with the money?" I said "Well, number one, my daughter at that time was 17 and a half. I'd pay off her last year fees." Girls' school, private schools, so a lot of money. And I would want Disney to take me on a Disney cruise because I love Disney cruises. That was the only two things I wanted. And, you know, you all the other bullshit people say is, I'll give it to charity and blah, blah, blah. Of course, you know, if you've got that much money, of course. But they're the only two things that I wanted. Then I get a phone call again. Another email was saying to me, oh, um, you're on the next level. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is Squid Game? So I started to say to people, what's Squid Games?" you know? Said, oh, it's one of the biggest things in Korea. Oh, okay. Never thought any more about it. And I was having to fly to Scotland to see my mum. So I was going over to fly to Scotland in the September. They were wanting to do a psych test, and a psychologist test, and they wanted to do a background check and that. So I flew over to Scotland. I then had to get a medical over there. So I then had to find a medical in there because I'm not covered. And It was just a whole game. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Picture this. I'm upstairs like this in my mum's house and she's disabled. She's got one of the chairs that go up the stairs and i'm on talk to the psychologist psychiatrist and i said to mum, now remember mum, i'm on a very important call at work don't come in i can't come in i can hear the chair coming up the stairs and i'm trying trying to talk to like talk to yourself and you know you're distracted and i said gosh he's gonna come in next minute the door's open are you there I not know. So that so, And I'm on the, uh, An official site By the Netflix yeah. psychologist And the guy says It's cool I think that helped Because that normalised me You know People were seeing I was normal And he says to me At the very end Do you know what Squid Games is? I went It's a game He went Right What else do you know? I see it's in Korea He went Great What else? And I went um people got killed in it went, right okay you really have to watch it i'm like yeah 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 of course he says no no you have to watch it so you can actually go out there and you can actually be aware and you know what's going on absolutely if it means that i have to get into the game this way absolutely i hung up the way yeah bullshit i'm gonna watch it you know you say yeah i'm not gonna watch it you know so the next day i'm out with my mum in the shops and the phone calls ringing and the numbers phoning is the handler you know the lady that looks after you hi Amanda how are you Just a quick call. Have you watched Squid Games yet? And I'm like... She went, yeah, we get told. We got told. You haven't watched it yet. I'm like, oh, God. She says you need to watch it. So I binged on it all weekend. And then on the Monday, I said, yes, I've watched it. She said, do you feel any different? I went... as long as you don't shoot me for real, or if it is, can I shoot somebody as well then? You know, just, you know, I want, I want a chance, I want an even chance of shooting somebody. Then I flew home, never heard any more, forgot about it. And then I got a phone call from the same handler, just to let you know you're in. And I'm like, yes, I'm in, I'm in. January came around, they come and pick you up from your house. My daughter was 18, all she knew I was going into a game, all she knew was I was going into a film she didn't, she used to be going to film. So I go in and then there's no talking all the way. So I got on the plane, not business class, may I say, not business class, stingy bastards. Were there any like
0: notes or strategies you kept in mind from watching the show that you took with you into the challenge?
1: You know, you know, everybody had a strategy. Like we, we all thought we were going to get into a big war, you know, at the middle of the night, like one side was going to attack the other. So we're kind of like sleeping with our shoes on and our jackets. Cause you know, we want to, get ready to fight. But none of that happened. And the thing that they were very good about was keeping it all, you know, a mystery. You know, that's one of the things I didn't like about the show in the sense that I was like, we really never knew what was going to happen. You know, because we'd be in the dorm for like a day and nothing would happen. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, we, they'd come out with, the, you know, the, the guards would come out. You know, and they would drop off like, you know, you saw like the telephone or they would say, hey, we're getting ready to take a walk. You know, so we go walk the steps, you know, which is one of my favorite parts. There was always this, I don't know what's going on. And so strategies went out immediately.
0: And we were like, I don't know what's going on. We just have to roll with this. Yeah. Just, just go with the flow, you know, figure out yes. where you got to be and when. Yep. You had watched the original with like your family. Did that give you any like strategies that you wanted to bring into the challenge?
2: Yes and no. The yes was uh, misguided. So, you know, people get the misconception that, you know, the reality show is scripted. It is not, like, at all. I wouldn't put myself through this hell if I was paid. like, I don't care how much it was. But um, uh, it, initially, I had a strategy. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But when everything was in front of me, everything went out the window. Literally everything went out out the window. And then um, I just attacked the moment.
3: Yeah, so when the original show dropped, I was a pretty big fan of it. I'm kind of a nerd, if you can't tell. And (laughs) so I... I I loved the show. I thought it was a really interesting concept. So when I, when my mom was like, hey, you should do this, I was like, oh my gosh, I love Squid Games. I had seen the show three times at that point. So I watched it again and I was like, oh yeah, like these are kids games. Like this is so easy. I could definitely do this. When in reality, it was a lot harder (laughs) than I think people assumed, right?
6: I had seen it originally when it came out and then I watched it again when I was advancing in the audition process. Because they would ask, like, which character you do you identify with? And I'm like, uh, I kind of forget all of their name. I'm like, maybe the yeah. main guy, or I'm not sure. So I needed to watch it back just to answer questions. Uh, and then watched for the the games also. But strategy-wise, I didn't know how closely it would mimic the original show. So my thought was that it was going to maybe, it was certainly going to be like children's games. But I didn't really expect it to be so closely tied to the original so I like learned to hula hoop I was practicing jacks I was like doing all sorts of different children's things but uh none of that came in handy really yeah <laughs> I did yeah go to the park and had my husband yell out red light green light to practice but we were practicing like a normal game of red light green light and I mean I'm sure you've, you've talked to other cast members so you know that the game was like seven plus hours holding poses for I, I mean, none of us had watches, but our our guess is between 15 and 40 minutes maybe of holding a, a pose. So a totally different challenge than a typical game of red light, green light. So basically all my preparation kind of did nothing. I did practice throwing marbles into like a, a plastic cup. So I did I did do that, which I if I had gotten to marbles could have been handy, but yeah, it all kind of went out
4: the window. I love the show. I watched it twice. I watched it in both Korean and also dubbed in English. So I watched it twice through. And I also watched it again for a third time when I was actually in the hotel, isolating before we went onto the set. So I love the show. I thought the show was unreal. You know, i would never seen something quite like it. And I think it was for everyone who... You know, as a fan of the show, it was like an original concept that no one really... I mean, obviously, you've got the Hunger Games, you've got player versus player shows that are out there. But I think with Squid Game, it just felt a little bit different. And I and I love that. I guess my strategy going into into that or into the show myself, I, I don't think I... I wouldn't say I had one. I mean, I was always, especially in the dorms, I was always someone who, you know, stayed very much so under the radar. Like, you've seen the show you know, people who have big personalities, people who were making themselves known were always a target for someone else. And I didn't want to do that. I knew that was going to be the case. And I didn't want to be a target for anyone. So I kept very much so under the radar for a lot of it. So I would say that's probably my only strategy I had for the games themselves. You can't have a strategy, you just have to go with it and, you know, try your best not to be eliminated in that intense situation. It was that was pretty much it. But yeah, I wouldn't say I have. I had a solidified strategy. I think my strategy was kind of very adaptable as I was in the show. I didn't take too much from that just because it was
7: life or death scenario. I knew we weren't going to be getting shot up here. Yeah. So their emotions were definitely a lot different, I think. But the main thing I guess I would take away was just the order of the games and whatnot and kind of knowing the process behind the things going on. Just because, you know, in the show, it was just people didn't know that, you know, going to red light, green light, they were going to get shot. And then people going into tug of war, you know, it was kind of be a bully tactics going on. And then there was the dorm fights and the glass bridge. People were sacrificing themselves because they didn't like somebody else. So it was a lot of craziness going on to where I don't think you could use a strategy except maybe the older man's strategy because he's the only one who really had a strategy um, there, to be honest. And maybe the girl, too. Nah, I just was trying to do my own thing and, you know, stand by some morals and values that I had to go in there with.
5: I had never watched Squid Games before I even went into it, so I had no idea. When we got to the psychiatrist and the psychologist test, we get, like, handlers. They actually told me that I had to watch it to get an idea of what I was going in for. So I had no idea. So I had to quickly watch it, then verify with Netflix that I'd actually watched it. But when I went in there, I didn't know the song. (laughs) People had been practicing for six months. They were all ready. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Cause I'd played those games at school. I hadn't trained for it. That we had they had top athletes in there that didn't make it, mate. There were top athletes that didn't make it. We had top wrestlers. He didn't get past.
0: Before starting the competition, how far did you think you would get into the show?
1: Well, you know, I saw the show and I was prepared in the sense that I just started exercising a hundred percent. You know, I just started, you know, lifting weights, doing it, in my cardio doing all that. Um, so that was my preparation for the show. And I would say doing that got me through Red Light, Green Light. That got me prepped for, for that part of the show. Because had I not exercised, I would not have gotten past it. I mean, you get stuck in those poses and forget about it. But for the rest of the game, a lot of it was luck. And the stuff they put you through, you know, we went to London, they picked us up, they got us to the hotel. And then that's where like the show really started all behind the scenes because it was just crazy from the moment we got there. I mean, from the check-in, don't talk to anybody, the food, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it was really a mind, you know, blasted my mind. And then I had like one of the worst rooms that they had to stay in because we had to get quarantined and tested before we go on. My room had no heat and I just thought it was part of the game. I was like, okay, this really can't be this bad. I mean, this is a four-star restaurant, not a restaurant, but a hotel, and I have no heat. And I would go downstairs, you know, like multiple times and say, hey, guys, I have no heat. And they are like, OK, we'll take care of it. They never brought a heater. So I'm sleeping with a coat on, you know, and socks and a hat every day, you know, for like three days. And I just thought it was part of the game. And I found out after the fact, no, I just had a bad room. You know, that's all that was. So it, it was yeah. it was quite the experience, you know, right from day one going on through that show. They told us it was going to be a cold challenge, you know. So I'm from Wisconsin, so cold weather was nothing to me. So I was ready for it. It was really squid games in that sense. Cause it was really a pounding at all your senses.
2: You know That's a, that's a good question. I haven't been asked that. Uh, um, uh, athletes mentality have supreme confidence in yourself. So I was like, I'm with it all, you know, but um, realistically I was like, I'd be happy if I just get past the second round. I won't want to go to the third round. Just I'll be happy. Yeah. I say realistically third round I wanted to get, but mentally, you know, uh, uh, mental you were ready to go uh, all the way my money
3: <laughs> I didn't want to have the expectation on myself that I was going to win and then be disappointed so I had like I obviously manifested I was like I told everybody I was like I'm going to win I'm going to win because I didn't want people to think I was doubting myself but realistically for me just getting the call to get casted on the show as somebody from Canada right knowing that this is a huge Netflix is a giant United States company and and I knew they were going to cast a lot of UK people because that's where it was being filmed. So as a Canadian, just like getting on was like, I was like, I'm set. Even if I go home after the first game, like I'm happy that they just wanted me. But then as we were playing the game and I was like, I'm actually doing pretty good. I would like to make it past the first game. And then when I got to the, then I got to the dorm. So I was like, honestly, I could go home in Delgona and I'd be happy, but um, I made it through Delgona. And then so like, So I think like, I I didn't have like a big goal other than everybody being like, yeah, I want to be a millionaire. Right. But my realistic brain was like mini goals. I called them. I had little mini goals while I was there. And when I made them, I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I like, I really gave me a lot of like self-confidence and like, helped me realize a lot of things about myself that I didn't know before at the age of 30. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah. so yeah, so Like I had little goals and stuff. Obviously, I would have loved to go further. I got out in warships, which was a little bit not my fault. I just stood in a boat like a sitting duck. And, and that's something I've actually has helped me with the whole process and, like, accepting how things worked was that it wasn't my fault that I got eliminated. It wasn't my skill set. It wasn't... It was just, I was in the bad boat at the wrong time. And the way she goes, it's more, it was more
0: chance than like you not being able to complete a challenge or something.
3: Exactly. And I think like, if I did go out on Delgona or something, I would have beaten myself up so hard over it. So it was honestly, it, I am so glad with the experience that I wouldn't have changed anything it was really
6: hard to predict because I knew that a lot of it was going to be based on chance with that chance. It's like, you could have the best strategy. You could be the, the, the best at building relationships. You could be really smart, really physical, all that stuff. And then you get put in a situation where you you know, the, the odds are stacked against you and, yeah. and you really don't have much of a chance. So my big goal, I kind of had two goals. It was number one, to make it into the dorm. I wanted to get past Red Light, Green Light, make it into the dorm just to see the set really. Um, okay. I've done theater and like, and I do kind of some like artistic sort of endeavors. And I just wanted to see the set. So that was that was kind of my baseline goal. And then also having been edited out of American Ninja Warrior, I just wanted my friends and family to be able to see me. It's, to me, me go, to point at the screen and like, there I am. I'm really, I promise I was yeah. there. So those were my two, my two goals. Beyond that, I, I thought I could go far, like unlike an American Ninja Warrior, I knew that I was not going to be the best ninja out there, so I was never going to win that. But this, I thought, sure, yeah, I have just as good a chance as anyone else to to win it. So I thought I could go far, but knew that odds were, you know, unpredictable.
4: Yeah, no, I would say that I I didn't think I was going to get past red light, green light. To be honest, I thought that was uh, I think red light, green light was 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 daunting. As it comes, really, when we got onto the set and everything, you know, being in that environment and, you know, being whisked away to a secret location, it was all just very surreal, very intense. So when I when I step, first stepped on the Red Light, Green Light set, I did not think I was even going to get past that game, to be honest with you, because Red Light, Green Light was such an intense game. I think when you do pass it, you know, when I did pass it, when, when all the players won it kind of breeds a new element of confidence, right? Breeds a new motivation, right? Um, I, w- I, w- I won't say that means that I was kind of confident going into every game because I really wasn't. But, you know, it's certainly, if you can pass that, it's one of those things, if you can pass something that intense and that uh, physically straining, then you, you just feel like you can pass anything or you, you, there's a chance of you passing anything. And obviously, apart from... You know, Dalgona. I would say marbles and red light, green light. A lot of the other games were chance based, right? So especially Glass Bridge was a complete 50 50 percent chance based game. So you know, I think I was, you know, had a had a lot of luck, had a lot of have someone had someone looking upstairs over me and. Uh, yeah, I think the rest of the the games that I got through was just that, that new breed of confidence that I talked about there.
7: You know, I had plans on going all the way, you know?
4: Pretty much a high shooter and set my mind to
7: something. I'm pretty much gonna do anything I can to achieve the goals. Now there were some unforeseen things that were not in the real show that were on ours, such as, you know, you gotta make a decision or you're out type things. And so that kind of threw things for a loop, you know, showing being visible and having the chance to volunteer for things definitely was not the way to go. But looking back, hindsight 2020 sure lay low and just chill back and you'll be good. But that's not how it worked. And yeah, we soon found that out very quickly. So I wanted to go all the way, but what happened was kind of a lot of chance going into that. So I just did the best I could.
5: I wanted to go to Glass Bridge. I wanted the experience of falling through of the Glass Bridge or getting to the other side. I wanted that feeling. I didn't have a clue if I was going to have to do that. You know, the actual squid... Game. i didn't know how to play that so i'm thinking well i'll just push my way out of all that and just hopefully it's not a big bertha guy you know but i thought well marbles i wouldn't have a clue really how to play them i just go throw them against the wall and i'm hopeless i just wanted to take it to be honest one day at a time because it wasn't about the end result, it was a journey for me. Like yourself heros journey, you know? It's a journey to get there. And the problem they had in there, there was not people fighting. They were not fighting. They really cast us well to get on. They cast us so well, too well, because we were not fighting. We didn't hate each other. We were all helping each other. So if somebody had a problem, we all helped each other. But I didn't see myself going out. I didn't see myself going out. But I didn't see myself at the end either. I mean, I did lie under the money like this... I so think you, you like, have a good
0: don't... goal of like Glass Bridge, which is somewhat in the middle. Like you, you get along a good way to Glass Bridge, but you're not like just gunning for like, oh, I have to get to the end. I need to be the last one standing. How long did
2: you end up filming for like being in the dorms for? Everything took five weeks. But uh, filming in the dorms was about 22 days, I think. 22. Just me personally, because I was there longer than most.
3: So I was in the dorms for like seven days, filming for eight, because red light, green light was the first day. And then they, because it took so long, and I don't think the producers expected it to take so long, we went to the hotel afterwards. But we yeah. got, at 6 a.m., they took us right to the dorms. So, so yeah, seven, eight days of filming, being being in the dorms, which... the best i loved it
0: i'm sure it was a great time you see like especially towards the start everyone's just like hanging out making friends it like looks like you're all
6: like a bunch of kids at camp i shot for four days and then came back for interviews on a fifth day so as far as i get into the show so it was red light green light first day dorms yeah moving into the dorms the second day third day was when that one guy got picked to be eliminated. And uh, and then we filmed stairs, just going up and down the stairs on the third day. Then the fourth day was um, Dalgona's. So yeah, then they had me stay overnight and come back for interviews the next day. So it wasn't that long of a filming process, but to think four days, almost four days went into just the first episode it everything on the episode seems like it goes a lot faster there's a lot of downtime so when you see people that are like crying when people get eliminated it's like wait you just met those people what's why are you crying but there was so much i mean almost like trauma bonding and and just time to sit around and get to know people so a lot of A lot of downtime.
4: I was in the dorms for about three weeks. It was about three weeks worth of filming. And I believe that the final three were there for another two or three days, I believe, or maybe four days. So I think the overall filming altogether, you know, across the cast was about four weeks. But yeah, I was there for three weeks uh, in total.
7: Living in the dorms was cool. I think I was in there for about four days, four or five days. And it was cool, you know, meeting all the people all over the world, talking nonstop, living in one giant, space with all these other people was pretty amazing i mean i've had a plethora of roommates in the past so i'm used to living with a bunch of different people all the time uh but definitely was nice to be able to wake up and see your good friends right first thing in the morning that was probably the best thing um i could take away from the living situations and whatnot but yeah no it was cool i had a good time in the dorms
5: you've got no windows You've got no clock. You've got nothing. So you're in prison, right? So you don't know when it's going to be wake up time or not. And I'm older. So I'd go for a shower when I think it was time to wake up. And then um, I'd come out and I'd do exercises. So I'd exercise at some point. I don't what time in the morning. God knows it could be any time. Every morning. And they did record me, but they never showed that. Then I'd sit in the middle of the whole dorm and I'd just sit and reflect because I love that feeling of just being in the dorm. I used to sit in the middle all the time. And just imagine you're sitting in the dorm and you're looking at all of these people, the carnivorous feeling of wanting that four point five million. I'm like, why am I not that wanting the four point five million? Why haven't I, I not got that feeling? Because for me, this was just the experience was more than more than the money. It was worth more than the money. What was the dorm room like?
1: In the show, they showed you doing red light, green light, and then they went straight to the dorm. That wasn't the case. Um, I could talk about that if you want to, but yeah, so the dorm going into the dorm was like it was amazing because. I mean, it was 100% just like the show. I mean, you we were all blown away. They just told us just go roam around and go see, see all the sites. So we got to look at the dorm and the beds and the bathrooms and, you know, and everything. And I mean, I was looking at the, the carpentry. I was like, man, I can't believe that this is really good you know, quality craftsmanship. I mean, it was not cheap at all. I mean, I was trying to move the the sets and everything. Nah, they, them guys did a real good job, but it was just amazing to see all those beds in there and, I mean, also we had to run in and, and choose a bed because it wasn't, you know, you know, predetermined. You just run and choose a bed. So everybody was trying to stay close to their friends and stuff. And um, it was really cool though, just to walk in and just see that sight because we had all, like, you just seen it on TV, and now here it is in the real world. And I was like, "Wow, this is we're here
0: in the Squid Game." You know, it was really amazing. What was the hardest part about living in the dorm with like all these other people?
2: I couldn't wash my clothes. <laughs> Boy, uh, okay, they gave us fresh underwear. They gave us fresh socks. They gave us fresh thermals. But the shirt and the sweatpants and the jacket couldn't wash. And some people, like, myself included, I was smelling like hate. Like, I was smelling like rage, like anger, like raw emotion. And, And, you know, I tried to alleviate that as best I can, but I couldn't do anything about it. There was times I did not want to put that damn shirt on. It was times yeah, I'm sure, I was. I'm sure.
3: If you can't tell, I'm a social butterfly. I love to chat and meet new people and stuff. So I had didn't have an issue with like being in there with people. Yes, people annoy you and maybe rub you the wrong way and stuff. But like, there's so many of us. You just kind of avoid those people and you find like your little tribe in there. Um, yeah. But I'm also such <laughs> I love my family, like my family and I were like super close. like I, my mom and my sister are like my best friends and stuff. So I found the hardest thing for me in the dorms was seeing people like Trey and Leanne that had people in there that yeah. were their families. and I would just be like, oh, like I missed my mom so much near the end um and my sister and stuff. they didn't air any of me crying in the dorms. but like the last three days I was in there, I pretty much cried all three days because I was just like I just missed my family and my friends so much and then I had my little squad like they helped me through it right so yeah that's probably the most difficult part um also the food sucked the food was awful and like so bad but I I kind of knew this so I kind of started starving myself before in preparation being like hey well if I'm not going to eat I can't like go in there right I have to prepare my body for this so So the food and missing my family, those are the, those are the hardest things.
7: Besides the food, which everyone touched upon, uh, but with the people, I'd say some egos, some people definitely, I'm not really a big fan of people kind of wanting attention to themselves. Like, you know, they need to be the attention, center of attention and Certain settings, and that's always kind of been like a red flag to me. Like, I don't like that at all. Some people were doing that, and it was kind of annoying. Some people did some certain things that, you know, they acted in certain ways where it's like they wanted the cameras on them. And I wasn't a fan of just people acting in that way. And I know it's a TV show at the end of the day, like, you're gonna do what you wanna do, who cares? I understand that. I mean, I did some things for the cameras too, but it wasn't like, things that I wouldn't normally do if there were cameras there. It was
0: you being yourself and that just so happened to be good enough for the cameras.
7: Exactly. People who just doing extra stuff, like the reactions and, oh my gosh, the dorms and, oh my gosh, there's just too much for me sometimes.
0: Obviously, you know, they're probably constantly filming, like going the entire time you guys are in the dorms, and the dorm scenes are usually like five to 10 minutes each time. So were there any just like funny or wholesome moments you wish like were included in the show oh yeah I mean the list goes on there but I mean
1: the Anna Celine, she is a pop singer from Sweden and she led everybody into a really cool sing-along um so we did that and but the producers came out immediately like I, I, I cut that off because they didn't you know they didn't have a licensing for the songs yeah. you know then there was a guy from Ireland I forgot his name he's uh really cool dude um he was just he led a talent show And I wish they would have shown that talent show. It was just amazing. People just juggling, dancing, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We had a guy in there called Chad Hamburger Neck, I called him. So he had a little uh, tattoo of a hamburger on his neck. Let's just say he was a dancer in Vegas. And so he did a a dancing thing on on a girl there. And (laughs) then the producers came in and said, "Ah, ah, ah, you can't do that either, you know. And then they're checking with the girl, is it, is it okay if he's grinding on you? There was just a lot of cool moments in the show that, 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 that didn't show, you know, like people um, were talking about, you know, let's say, I don't know, just the first time they've ever been out of the, you know, like the country, you know, like for me, it was the first time being in London, but all these little cool stories, you know, and just personal journeys that people were going on we got to see and witness. Plus, I think the other cool thing would say, I don't know if they really alluded to it, but. We had socks and underwear, and so they had this huge drawer of them. And so they balled them all up, and they made a ball. And they would play with their jackets. They lined them all up, and so they played volleyball. Or and then they had another one where they took the socks and the towels, and they light and they made a like a bowling ball, and they would knock down our um, water bottles for bowling. Um, then they had a game. They did that with soccer as well, and it, it was really cool that the how we were just like after a two days we were like like prisoners and just thinking of stuff. And just playing all these games with things that we just had available to us. So yeah, yeah there was just, a
0: yeah, a lot of just cool. Just hanging moments. out, having a good time. Yeah. You know, but the thing
1: that was crazy about it, the food the food was horrible. So like we're all famished, you know, and I'm I'm watching the guys out there, like, how do you have energy to still play these games? You know, I was like, I can't do it. I, I want some more
2: food. <laughs> the ghost priest. It started out with four hundred and fifty-six people, right? But it ended up being 197 in the dorms, which is still a lot of people. Yeah. But then there was this rumor going around, you know, with that many people, there's going to be rumors that there was a ghost priest, like a literal ghost in the corner. And I'm like, yo, listen, I don't play that game. I don't play with the spirit realm. Like, yo, leave it alone if it's true. But if it's not, stop. Because, you, cause look, I got to sleep here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to say, I want you know, everyone happy. I don't want anyone coming for me in the middle of the night.
3: So many. Oh, my goodness. For me personally, I had a few moments of just being like sad, missing my family. And then my little group, we would have like cuddle moments and like all just pile on those tiny little bunk beds and have like a giant cuddle puddle. And I wish those are the things that I wish they aired. And I know they were trying to make it seem super cutthroat and that everybody was there to strategize and stuff. But in reality, most of the people in there were just like stoked to meet people and make friends and build these relationships. So we did a lot of like, like we did duck duck goose one one day, and like we played we played volleyball. Like we all tied our jackets together yeah. and swung them across the entire dorms and played a giant round of volleyball. We had like a sing along. And that's the thing is, like, those moments, I was so excited to see, because that's what I was involved in. Like, I wasn't the cutthroat, I'm here to win. Like, I wasn't like mocking anybody strategizing like that. I was there for the vibes. I was hoping they would air some of it, but I understand why they edited it the way that they did, because it is a game show and the the whole name of the game is The Money. But I'm kind of holding out that Netflix will release like the wholesome tapes because that's, it was really cool to see what 200 humans with no cell phones no like nothing like there was people in there that were like oh I know people that went to prison and prison is a lot better than this because you at least get to go outside you at least get like a deck of cards like we didn't have anything so just watching how creative people got with what we had and and how much fun we had when it was just like hey we're not doing anything today so play amongst yourselves yeah. right yeah i'll
0: have to I, I don't know if you've seen it when i was like trying to do research and like find things to talk about for this they netflix has is really sure i think it's only like two minutes or something but it's yeah. like behind the scenes of squid game and it's just a bunch of like funny moments that you, you guys had in the dorms and things like that but i, I feel love- like they have so much more than that that they could show
3: we got filmed 24 hours a day. There's cameras everywhere. So like they definitely captured everything. And as- actually it's funny if you watch that behind the scenes video, I'm in there just like dancing in the background because that, that's, that was what I like. I was like, I want to be involved with the fun stuff. I don't need to be like cutthroat and mean. Yeah. And like, I just want the vibes and the good and the good wholesomeness. Some people were bummed that
6: they were playing a lot of games with this underwear ball that that a guy had made and i was more of a sit around and talk to people in the in like the around the edges we played some games around the edges just like word games there was a um a magic show that netta he did a little magic show and i was a volunteer for the magic show we have a group chat and some people were like oh i can't believe they didn't show x y and z it's like you guys need so much footage like of course they're not going to show yeah. it but i think I think my expectations were a bit more managed. Like I had very low expectations. One time that was like kind of cute and endearing, Figgy, she, maybe third day lunch, she had a particularly small portion of lunch. Like it only had like one or two little pieces of chicken on top of rice and she was really feeling it that day. So she came over, she had dashed. And so we all like, Figgy, here, you can, I gave her
4: a piece of my chicken. And and that was like fun little bonding moment. So there were kind of more sweet moments. There's so much that happened in that, you know, those dorms, they just definitely didn't show. Looking at some of the conversations, some of the stuff that happened, you know, I was really quite sad. I mean, obviously, I'm very proud of how they portrayed me in the show, 100%, but also... I'm a bit sad that they didn't show my relationship with one of my closest friends in there, Trudy, who I subsequently played in marbles and knocked her out because me and her, especially for those the first three or four days, we just didn't stop laughing. Like I had literally met the female version of me and my humour Obviously, apart from my girlfriend, (laughs) Um, you know, I had met the kind of female version of me and she was like an older version of me. Not too much older, but an older version of me. And and our humor was just it was it was like a ball of energy. And it was it was unreal. And, you know, I'm sad that they didn't really show that. Uh, But obviously, of course, I know deep down what that experience was like. Apart from that, you know, we we tried, you know, when you're in the dorms and you're you're literally doing nothing all day, especially in those days that they weren't filming games or dorm challenges. Um, we had to, you know, entertain ourselves. So there was a volley, I think there was a volleyball match at one point. Someone made a volleyball net from, you know, socks that were in the, the bathroom. There was a football, like a soccer ball that was made that we were playing with and playing, you know, games of soccer in the dorms. Playing, you know, countless games of Mafia. Which didn't help me in red, in circuit of trust, so that was that was all for bloody nothing. Look, it was a very intense three weeks, you know, amazing experience in my life, but it was very intense. But you know, the conversations, the relationships that I built in that in those dorms, you know, made it worthwhile, made it fun. Yeah, and
0: it is probably nice to like like you said, have some of those moments just to like yourself, and they don't have to be shared or seen by, like, everyone who watches the show.
7: Yeah, there were a lot, actually. Uh, But for me in particular, there was a few. But I guess the ones that stand out was we made this volleyball net. Like, the first hour, two hours we were in there, we made this big volleyball net with everyone's sweatshirts. And then we started playing... And made like a ball of underwear as the ball because we had nothing else to use and so they told quickly told us to stop that i wish they included that i was epic they showed a little bit of the dance off that we had in like the back the bts scenes i don't know if you've seen that or not but um, yeah. yeah they showed a little bit of that which was fun I because i was in the center of it half the time
5: they actually deleted a lot of the fun that we were having i think it's because of the context of it's meant to be gruesome and it was it was gruesome but it was terrifying and it was scary but we really connected and actually afterwards as well robert's a great block um him and i talk all the time we're always talking also i know leanne really well who is the mother with trey i'm always with those two but they didn't record me they didn't put me down recording i don't know why i was always with the two of them you don't put anybody at the front about on battleships but i think i'll go with it you just never know your luck it was my time so i was in there and all the way through i was twerking roland was in the other ship, Roland and I were mates, but then when it's, we got hit, so I just kept on twerking, and then when I died, I was twer- twerking and twirling, or trying to twerk, but they cancelled it, they deleted it all because you're not meant to be happy. You see me standing yeah. like that, it was because I was waiting to die. But then after that, I was actually twerking and twirling and dancing because I was going out and I was trying, because I'm an actor, I wanted to be shown, but the buggers cut me out, you know? There was a time rolling to the guy who jumps on roofs, right? Amazing guy. So him and I were practicing because we were doing. I was doing handstands, so I wanted to do a proper handstand. and we're jumping around and dancing around and all these things were cut out. We were practicing because we thought it was that game when you got, you know, when Rick, Dr. Rick and the other guy practiced the, those little square triangle. you had to hit the thing. I had never done that before because I didn't obviously get ready in practice. So we were under the steps. Bridget was showing us and Dr. Rick was showing us and we had sanitary pads and we were practicing to hit it. So, so the cut out of all of that.
0: On almost the flip side of that, were there any tense or dramatic moments that weren't caught? Oh yeah, definitely. Red light,
1: green light was the major one. Um, I was there and i saw a girl she passed out i saw a couple of people pass out in front of me you know just literally they were standing there and they're starting to sway and i said like, oh this person's not going to make it and then they would just pass out you know one girl had a seizure you know right there in front of me i'm like holy smokes you know and then yeah. two girls went to help her and i'm i was just about to go help her because i it happened like all within a few seconds but they just jumped in and helped her and they all got zapped out and i was like damn you know that's crazy said, wow. that's, that's brutal
2: yeah. it was Many that they didn't show, like uh, uh, when 161 Lorenzo kind of disrespected Leanne. However, you know, in hindsight, I wish they do. I I said some things to him that that was completely outside my character just because I don't like seeing women disrespected in front of me in general. However, that's that's his that's him. You know, like he's very blunt and I took it as disrespect. So, yeah, that was very tense for me because I went I went in on him. And um, I'm glad they didn't show that because, you know, that was a moment, you know, we all broke at one point or another in there mentally. And that was my breaking point right there.
0: I'm sure. I mean, being in this basically big box for almost a month, I'm sure
2: everyone's going to, like, reach their breaking point. Like you said before, the cameras was on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we had no privacy, like zero. Even in the showers, the showers, they were, the can't. the cameras was the neck up. But they were still cameras in there they must have had like four or five hundred hours of footage at least in the very least to fit that into 10 hours basically
0: it must have been such a big like editing job having 456 people and you know you can't feature every single player else it's gonna be like you know an ongoing thing forever so i think they did a good job of like featuring some players but having you know small moments for each person did you see any like tense or dramatic moments in the dorm that actually were cut out of the show or like not included yep (laughs) so i I could see all the memories coming into your brain you're like oh boy Um,
3: i thought for sure that i was going to be uh on camera more because i actually had beef with uh 432 brighton me and him did not along. we had butt heads in the bathroom because i was the one that started the condom thing that everybody is talking about because i'm a goddamn genius and i I wanted to talk to
0: you about that get into that with the chapel
3: i was miserable i like because i live in alberta alberta is a very dry climate and stuff and i like my lips were chapped going into the games so being in there they just got so much worse and i was laying in my bunk miserable and i and i had like the light bulb moment of like oh my gosh like lube is edible and fine and we have hundreds of condoms what are we doing using the conditioner so I ran to the bathroom and literally like pocketed like 25 condoms that's why they all disappeared because I was like I'm taking them all like these are mine. and then you know so I was sitting in the bathroom with another player and I made a joke I was like because I had a boyfriend while I was in the dorm so I made a joke to like one of the cameras I'm like this is not what you think and I like ripped the condom off and started just like doing this and Brighton came in and told me I had no morals because I was rubbing condoms on my face and I looked at him and I was like I have morals I just don't have standards dude like I don't care like I'll happily rub condoms on my face it's called being <laughs> resourceful." ever since that I, moment I, I
0: think I, I think gone. I have morals I just don't have standards is a line that has to be like you know said by everyone for that's right hilarious. I, like, I
3: don't put on a shirt like i have morals i just don't have standards right like yes yeah. and so i thought for sure that they were going to air that but probably because there's a bunch of lawsuits that came out like recently about like love is blind and how they treat their reality show contestants so i have a feeling netflix was like okay we can't show 200 people rubbing condoms on their face because we refuse to give them chapstick until after Delgona." yeah but-
0: like that's the whole thing um, like a bunch of pe- uh, a bunch of players were saying like the conditions weren't good enough and like they needed chapstick and things like that and then you'll have this other camp of players one of which is Brighton coming out of being like it was there in the contracts that like it's going to yeah. be a hard experience things like that without explicitly stating what was going to happen they made it as clear as possible that like this isn't going to be like a comfortable experience
3: oh, exactly and I'm in that camp with with Brighton's funny I'm me and Brighton had you yeah, be me with nap-
0: Brian, but you're also in that camp with Brighton
3: <laughs> I am and that's the thing I read the contract like seven times there they said in the contract that a game was going to be cold so I was like okay it's going to be either red light green light or like I thought maybe glass bridge, just because of like how big that set would have had to be I was like hey they're yeah. gonna like get outside or something right so I knew and also like I don't know about everybody else I watched the show I knew they were, like, they. it's going to be as hard as it can because they can't murder us, right? So they're going to yeah. make it. And also, largest cash prize ever. So, like, what? It's not going to be, like, Wheel of Fortune or something. Like, it's going to be strenuous, mentally taxing, physically taxing. Like, Like, all those things. They wanted to push us to, like, that limit. And I expected that. And that's why, like, I'm a little... This is my two cents on that. I have a feeling that people that are really complaining got out in red light, green light, and are just really salty that they got flown to the UK to get eliminated in the first game.
0: It is the interesting, like, psychology test or just human experience of like people's morals are inherently going to get tested when you put $4.56 million in front of them and offer it to them if like they lower their morals a bit. And like, I feel like a lot of people are definitely more than willing to
4: do that i think most of the tense moments that i was a part of were in the show i think a lot of the viewers saw the very very intense moments because you know that's what netflix wanted to do with the show make it very intense make it very dramatic and Um, so I think because of that uh, the viewers you guys saw a lot of the intense moments trying to think back if there's any more that weren't in the show I wouldn't say there was any I think you guys saw them all
7: I wish they would have shown more of the conversation that people were having about other players because a lot of people was doing a lot of talking and there was some incidents going on of players just running their mouths around a bunch of people and they just didn't show that like I don't know why but There definitely was a lot of talking going on that I definitely thought would have made good TV. I mean, obviously you see, you know, 432 kind of, you know, being the center of attention and whatnot. And yeah, I think he was himself in there. I have no ill things to say about him. The show is a show and we move on from that. But during the show, me and him had a little incident in the bathroom. I was telling a joke. He thought I was joking about him. There was a bunch of people around. And then he proceeds, you know run his mouth about me after outside when I leave. And then it turns into something that I was just like, what's happening? In hindsight, to granted of everything, it was very small things. And I was not, you know, Trey or Leanne or anyone who had like a story or a relative or something like that in there with them. But that was just one incident that I had. And then also, you know, with 198, he, you know, in the bathroom one time, we were talking about the queen of England. He said he hated Americans. And I said, well, I don't care about the queen. And then it would just turn into something. But I was joking, like, I don't care. But it just yeah. turned into something else. And then, yeah, some remarks obviously being said. But those things in the game, uh, they happened. But I don't hold too much weight on them outside of the game. Like, I've talked to 432 in person since then. And he's fine. We're fine. No no bad blood or anything like that. But, yeah, there was definitely some tense moments in there where some people was trying some certain things.
0: Yeah. But it's, it's nice to hear that you sort of made contact after the show as well and, like, put it to rest and... There's, you know, it's been settled.
7: My thing is, though, if there's something that happens in the show, I can forgive all that because it's a game. We're trying to win money. But if there's something that goes on outside of the game, then I got a problem with that.
0: Because, like, at least for the show, you have the excuse of they're acting differently because of the cameras or the chance of fame. But outside of the show, that's most likely just who they are. Yep. He yep.
5: didn't see all the phone calls yeah. and it was quite horrific because we knew that he was mean we all knew he was mean and everybody I mean I didn't, have a, I didn't care less about one way or another you know it wasn't affecting me but what happened was when the actual chip part came up I went up and I said to him can I have a chip and I took some chips so afterwards he's sitting after the whole thing and I went and sat beside him and I said to him look I'm really sorry but I asked you for a chip and he says, I don't care if you ask me for a chip if I get a chance I'm going to eliminate you and I'm sitting there going What? And he says, yeah, he says, all of you. Her, my friend that took the hamburger, she's gone. And he's so arrogant. He was, and that was his, that was his, because he was just wanting to be, you just wanted to be seen, you know, because that's, that's the way he wants to be seen. But I just said to him, but why are you so mean, you know? And they, they never showed any of that. It's all recorded. You don't have to be so mean. In life, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Anyway, I left. I went on and on and on about stealing chips. You asked Robert, you asked the guys. I was in tears. I didn't want to steal the And I didn't steal the chip, but the way he said it, it was if I stole the chip. To, to me, that was horrific, you know, an older lady stealing some of these chips. And then number 200. And when he got eliminated, I was crying. You choose. There's a video of me. Did you see a snapshot of it? Him and I met each other in the hotel before we went in. You know, very close. I was actually crying because who would eliminate him? I could not understand why anybody would eliminate number two hundred. He was such a nice bloke. He, he was a good guy. He was fun. He was, but he was too loud. He was taking the limelight from some of them. That's why I reckon he got eliminated. Do you know what I mean? Because he was yeah. taking the light.
0: Since the shows started to, like, get popular. A bunch of players are talking about their experiences and things like that, and one yeah. of the things was a big portion of, like, red light, green light, it taking a lot longer than is seen on the show. Was that true for you? Like, what what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, like I, said, I I'm going to give you all the behind-the-scenes stuff, too, you know, because, um, you know, they had us in, these, in this huge hangar, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was a huge hangar where they filmed Batman. And it was just, a, it was an amazing sight. I mean, it was cold and all, but just to see all these people jumping up and down and they finally let us into the doors. And that's when you see, you know, like everybody walking in. So we all lined up there and then they said, okay, there's said, you know, behind the scenes stuff, they are just talking to us, you know, and then they, they talked to us again, then they pulled people aside and interviewed them. And this whole time we're just excited. We just want to go, you know? Um, and then they said, okay, we're gonna take a lunch break. And then we left, came back. And then they lined us up and they talked some more. And then we finally got to play the game. By the time that it started, I mean, we were we were cold and we were ready to, to play this game. And th- But we found out from the adjudicator because every time they had a game before that, they would have the adjudicator come out and say, sp- tell us specifically what was gonna happen. I knew immediately when they told us they said, man, this game is not gonna be five minutes. It's gonna be hours. And, you know, cause every time they stopped, they had to film us, you know, they have one drone, like the small drone would come in, And then the big drone would come in after that. And then um, whoever was moving when we were standing still, you know, they would zap them out and they would have the camera crews come in and on that person when that would happen. That whole ordeal took maybe 20 to 30 minutes each time that we stopped. So, yeah, it took like I got out, I think around the seven and a half hour mark. And, you know, the, it was right, you know, like the last 30 minutes, that's when people got out right around the eight hour mark. So it was a long time. So you got to make sure you don't get stuck in a bad post. Yeah. I mean, people were practicing before we even went into the place. They were like, okay, I got to go here, do here. And it was funny because people would go down and they would like lay in the ground, but it was so cold and for 30 minutes. So when they would get up almost a hundred percent of the people, they would get up and fall right over because the arm or the legs were fall had fallen asleep. And so then they'd have to sit up, you know, for another 30 minutes and then they could go again, you know, but yeah, there was a lot of bad poses that were tried and, you know, and they failed a lot of them. You learned real quick that the best way is to keep your hands in
0: your pocket and stand straight up, you know, and that's the best pose you can be in. I'll keep that in mind for the future in case I ever <laughs> not yeah. on the show. Red light, green light went on so long. As a former basketball player, did you find yourself going to those same, like,
2: moments of mental fortitude to get through that? Further. I went way further. You know, as the world knows now, I'm an anime head. The closest thing I could resemble is All Might in uh, My Hero Academia, where he was like, plus ultra. Like, mo- you go past your limits and you smash yeah. past, past that. It was funny because I thought my athletic like stature can help, but it didn't at all. It was more the mental aspect that helped me in Red Light Green Light heavily. Because I've never cursed myself out that much in my life. The amount of pushing that I had to do was crazy because I finished at the end. I was like the last group that finished. I finished yeah. with one second clock. So my my time was eight hours and ten minutes. Eight hours of literally freezing in ten degrees. Yeah. You can just like comprehend just a slight bit what we went through. And I and I truly, truly, and I, I understand, but I don't like it that Netflix decided just to glitch is over Red Light Greenway. That was a big part that
0: like in the show, they have the five minute timer going and it makes it feel like Netflix just had the cameras ready to get all this as the five minutes were going on. And it shocked me that like people were saying, oh yeah, it was like eight, seven hours, eight hours for some people. Mm -hmm. Like, It's really crazy the amount of time that you guys spent on that.
2: What caused the time going from like two minutes to 20 was they had to actually like look at the replay and see if people moved or see if people didn't move. And so, you know, I, I sincerely appreciate them for that. You know, yeah. however, it could have been a five minute thing. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, red light, green light. <laughs> I have like such a love-hate relationship with that game. So on the show, they definitely like edited it to make it seem like it only took five minutes. Um, I was in the last group to cross Uh, And the only reason why I know it was this long is that I snuck a peek at someone at a producer's phone before we went into the main arena and it was like one o'clock. And when I got taken out and put back on the bus, it was 1030. So nine and a half hours, I was in there and every single time, yeah, that they said red light, we had to hold our position for 30 minutes, which that was so unexpected. The coldness, I, I came from Canada. Literally, it was minus 35 the week that I had left to go to the UK. So when they were like, okay, it's going to be cold. I was like, it's minus five. This is like, this is okay. But when you're in a game and you're holding positions for, for nine and a half hours and you're wearing kind of like not the greatest outdoor, like that's when the cold got to me. It's just because we were in there for so long. It was so hard. And I had heard or I have heard that I think the success rate was like only like 42% of the people made it through that game so that's insane like over half the people got eliminated but if they're following the main show like the original that they kind of needed to make it so hard that it would cut half the people
0: red light green light did you have sort of a like realization moment or like
6: oh wow this is going to be a lot harder than i thought yeah when they described it they said we're going to be like you're going to hold a position for like I mean, some of it's kind of hazy in terms of my memory. I think that they said like 10 minutes while they reviewed the footage and made eliminations. And even when they said 10 minutes, I thought, oh, that's like to not even kind of shift a little bit or waver for 10 minutes, that could be tough. Cause like there's a motion sensor in our shoulder and motion cameras everywhere. So I didn't know how precise that measurement would be. So I changed my strategy at that point And I decided, all right, I'm going to go to the floor. I decided I would kneel first. So the first round I'm running and then the music started to run out. So I dropped to like kind of a one, like one knee down. It was not good. I was like, Oh no, I've made a horrible mistake. I'm going to, my legs are burning. This was not a good choice and I'm going to go out in the first round and even like just starting the first round, I'm negotiating with my body. Come on. Like, please do not crap out of me here. I need to get past. So the next round, like as I'm there, I'm like, I'm just going to throw myself to the ground. So, i would run and dive to the ground like literally my forehead was on the floor my arms were 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 kind of spread out and um and i would hang out there so yeah strategy again totally went out the window when we started to realize what a different sort of game it was
0: yeah i definitely feel like kneeling like seems like a good idea cuz like oh i'm not standing it's going to be better But, like, I've been on, like, basketball teams and things like that. And when I'm kneeling for, like, two minutes, I'm like, wow, my knees are really starting to, like, hurt. I need to get up and do some. And so I couldn't imagine being there for, you know, like, 30 minutes on the ground.
4: I was one of the last people to get over the line. You see in the show when Leanne comes together with Trey at the very end when there's only 11 seconds left. I was part of that group. So... You know, for that group who were the last ones over the line, that literally was, we were there for nine hours. It was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. A hundred, by, by far the hardest thing I've ever done. I can't think of anything else in my life that was harder physically and mentally than red light, green light. It was tough, man. It was really, really tough. I still, to this day, just don't know how I did it. You know, I just don't, I can't. When I got past the line and got back to the hotel and, and you know, got myself into bed before going into the dorms, you just you just sit you're sat there and you're like wired because you're just like how in how did I do this how did I get
7: through that it was pretty miserable not gonna lie I was freezing in there of course you've heard and yeah it was tough it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever did from being frozen for 30 minutes at a time to the cold also wearing down in your body but also kind of like hearing like serious things go down and whatnot with like people falling and whatnot and you can't move still that was another hard thing but mentally it was all I think the big thing with that was just mentally staying in it I mean I was on the ground I was diving on the ground every time that was my strategy and I would start counting numbers and singing songs in my head and I even went to sleep at one point because I was so tired just staying mentally there and not faulting and being like I I can't do it I'm gonna give up that was the biggest threshold in every I the thing I give props to the most people worth afterwards because the, everyone had to have that moment of like realization like don't quit and everyone who made it through I feel like had enough will and strength no disrespect to the people that didn't but there's a commonality bond to where the, all the people who made it definitely It was a little bit of separation there when it comes to like the mental fortitude behind things.
5: In red light, green light, it was absolutely freezing. And I don't know if anybody's told you we had hand warmers. Everybody had hand warmers in our pockets. I'm 58 and I am an only female over 25 in the southern hemisphere to get through red light, green light. Well, it was an experience before you even get in there. You're in tents outside and the tents out there are really cold. They've got heatings and all that and people were starting to make alliances in the tents. I was trying to play the game was, um, for me, was to be nice to everybody and keep my head below the parapet, which didn't help me in the, to get recognised because I was boring, shall we say, because I wasn't getting mousy or having sex with somebody in the beds or, you know, any of those things. And myself and this other boy um, from West Australia, we were the only two in West Australia. We get into red light, green light after hours and hours and hours in a hangar. It's so cold. I've lived in Australia for 30 three years. And I hate the cold. I mean, at the moment, I'm sitting in about 30, is it nine o'clock at night? And I'm sitting in about 90, 36 degrees. So I love that weather. Before we started, we did so many starts and stops just so they could get the good picture. And I'm also an actor. So I'm used to being in so many things, it takes so long to do one set. But I never for one minute thought I'd be there for nine hours. Dr. Rick that you'd have seen, and also Leanne, we were like the last people to go over. I met another guy called James who lives in Korea, but he's American. There was some point when when we did finally get into run, but it was only a practice run. Then we had to do it again. But then when it started, that voice, mate, that voice, da-da-da, I have PTSD when I hear her singing. She is a bitch. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. She is horrible. She's a mean yeah. cow. She's a cow. She's a cow. She turns really quickly Something. So what you saw is not what it's like. We would be standing for 20 minutes in one time, standing still. And I kept on, for some reason, stopping in the same position, putting my hands and my legs bent over like this. I don't know why I was standing like this. But I just stood there every time. And every time I stopped, I went, don't stand like that, don't stand like that. And I stood like that. And I'm like, what the? You know, I couldn't get over it. But myself and Leanne were running. She's, she's an athlete before. So we were running, which I didn't know. We were running at the same time. And one of the guys had told me from Korea... When it get to a certain point to stop in the song, it's just at the very end, there's a bar before it. So as soon as you hear that bar, stop. And that's why it took us so long because we were just being very strategic. Every time we had a noise, we stopped. When you're in a game, okay, just imagine if you're in this game, it's freezing. Every single person has their hands in their pockets. Now have a look at it. You will see us all, we've all got hand warmers and we're all running like this, or the old days anyway. And you see these people falling around you. You can hear them falling around you. And I had grew my hair. Really long in the fringe, so I could actually have it. So when the actual droids, because the droids come in and they come to your face and they look at you to see if you're moving and to actually video you, they couldn't see my eyes moving. They couldn't see anything. So that was one of my strategies. And just before I went into the game, they says to me, "Do you want to put your hair up? Are you sure you don't want to put your hair up?" I says, "I'm certain. I've spent six months growing my hair. I am not." So you're in because you're in this game. It's so cold. And all you can hear is a song. You don't look at her. You don't look at that bitch. I'm sorry, but I don't know if you... How, how you, <laughs> you don't look at that bitch, right? She's standing there and she's threatening you. You don't know you're in a game. Seriously, you are not in a game. You're just in survival mode. And you, all you can hear is people falling around you. Young boys, young girls, young everybody around you. And you hear them dying. you know, oh, ah, ee. And all you can think is, don't effing move. Do not move an inch Do not even twitch Do not do anything Then the droid comes in And it's looking at you I'm going to kill you I'm going to kill you And I'm like Bring it on Bring it on I'm born Scottish, mate Bring it on Bring it on I might be 58 57 then But bring it on I'm not scared of the little machine. So myself and Leanne, we only had 20 seconds to go. Not even that. And there's a whole pile of people in front of me. We were allowed to shout medic if somebody collapsed. There was a lot of people collapsing with the cold. So when medic comes, you went, hallelujah, we can move, we can move. So you get to stop for about until the medic checks and then you have to stop again. There was two guys in front of me. I says, don't fucking run. Don't run don't go don't make it don't run for it go for the second one and he didn't but about 10 people did and it went so quick they were all eliminated there was about 10 people obliterated right in front of me and the guy says thank you thank you and then it started again and myself and leanne just ran for it because it was within seconds and we ran over and all we did was cry and it's real like the tears you see it's real yeah so you get over the line and people are celebrating people were throwing me up in the air and there's another guy there and um, he was older as well jimmy he was throwing me up in the air we cuddling and kissing and me and leanne were cuddling but they cut it all out
1: then uh there was a whole chapstick gate thing i don't know if you're familiar with that yeah um, yeah yeah and that was a question i had coming up for you <laughs> oh yeah chapstick gate was the one of the it, it, it impaired a lot of people's performance i think and we were so much worried about our lips you know that it was like man, I can't do anything. We didn't even want to drink out of our water bottles because it was metal, you know, and it hurt our lips. One guy, he actually had to leave the game because his lips blew up so big and they were bleeding. I thought somebody hit him in the mouth, but no, they were just so swollen and he had to be ushered out of the game, you know, from it, you know. I was like, damn, you know, and I felt bad for him too because I said he wanted to play and, you know, all, all we wanted was some Vaseline on our lips and we couldn't get it, you know?
0: I have to ask, what strategies did you use to try to take care of your lips and keep them moisturized?
1: You might've heard stories about people sneaking in Carmex, that was me. Um, I snuck in five tubes of Carmex, I had it in my my, my waist of my underwear. So I knew it beforehand, I was like, I am not going out without lip therapy in this place because they said it was gonna be cold. So yeah, I had it all in my underwear and then I partitioned it out, you know, to a few women, you know, in the site and then they would partition it out to people. Um, but the bad thing about it was that uh it was all gone within a day because there was so there was like two hundred people so there. Many and people. It. Yeah, and it, it did not last long. It did not last long. But yeah, I'm the guy that snuck in the car mix and you know I was helping people. I sure the five would have lasted me the entire time, but the lips were so bad I had to shear it.
0: I really did. People were saying that in the dorms it was like super dry air, people's lips were getting chopped and things like that, and people were coming up with like all sorts of creative strategies to like keep their lips moisturized how did you take care of your (laughs) lips in the dorms
2: well i didn't use condoms (laughs) (laughs) what i did i personally uh, um i continued to uh, um like put water on my mouth like like putting my hand in just like pat my mouth because my lips was bleeding it was crusty it was bad my body my body took like four days to fully recover and usually, as an athlete, we recover fast. I slept as long as they allowed me. I took like six naps a day. It was just the mentality, though, also, you know, like, okay, I gotta get through this because my face hurts, my feet hurt, my hands hurt. And this is like two days after Red like, you know? Light
0: <laughs> yeah.
7: yeah. So you still
2: got a ways to go in this show. Licking them. <laughs> I
7: definitely needed some lip balm. There was nothing we could do. I was just licking my lips all the time. I mean, even in the Dalgona scene. When we're in there trying to pick the shape, I'm still licking my lips. (laughs) Because it's just bad. I mean, yeah, we had to wear the same clothes the whole time, basically. I mean, we got the shower and switch underwear and socks. But the same tracksuit, not being able to wash it. Like Some people were smelling in there, I ain't gonna lie. Some people were smelling. It was pretty rough conditions when it came to those specific.
5: (laughs) I was fine. It must be because of British original, you know, Scottish. And, you know, my lips were fine. But the girls were putting inside the condom they were using the cream inside the the vaseline in the condom it's like oh you know, honestly, they kept on saying that about people having sex. They, you're not allowed to have sex. However, they weren't stopping anybody having sex. The amount of condoms that they had in there, they were thinking everybody was going to be bonking everybody, right? Yeah, and it was, was
0: It's interesting that they said that because, like, the first time that I was watching, like, an interview with a player, and they were like, "Yeah, there were hundreds of like lewd condoms in there," and it's like, like, I feel like supplying them made it more likely to happen.
5: Well, there was a couple. was was bonking over the other side we knew every time they
0: were at it during each episode like whether it's living in the dorms or challenges there are like talking heads of different players spliced in what was it like filming those you know it was really cool because um there there was a lot of scenes that everybody had to film you know like we'd be
1: talking and you know the producers would be like oh we really like that you know just talk more about that but yeah i mean it was so cool meeting so many different people because my whole perspective Or plan really was just to go out and meet people. I'd never been out of the country before and I just wanted to talk to the people that were from England and you know from Dubai, Sweden, all over the place in the world, you know, Korea. And it was just really cool just to sit there and talk and hear the stories. And I was really amazed at how, you know, you put everybody in this situation where you take away technology, we're all wearing the same thing, we don't know anything about each other. And we're all just the same. You know, it was really amazing that everybody has the same story everywhere. And it was just really cool. To be in that environment and everybody just vibing like that. I don't know if the casting agents did a too good of a job of just picking so many good people. You know, because there was just really, it really was a big, like in the beginning, it was like a friend fest for the first, you know, three episodes that you see on TV. You know, everybody was just really vibing and just getting along great. They made me sound like
2: Vin Diesel. <laughs> in Fast and Furious. I hated that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say it. I didn't say it that short of span. I didn't say, I love y'all, or, family y'all, thank y'all. Like, I didn't say it like that.
3: I had one of them and I thought it was, I actually had a, a hard time because they would ask me these questions and they wanted me to speak in like present tense, even though that situation had already happened. So, yeah. and also what they wanted me to talk about was my elimination and I was really upset in my elimination, so inadvertently I'm talking about it and the entire time I'm crying because they wanted to throw you back into that where you were like the previous day or the whatever in that situation to make it so that when they edit it it looks like everything's kind of once right it,
0: the the point is that like it's meant to feel that like oh you got eliminated and then we're brought to this room to like talk about it rather yeah. or even like go into your thoughts in the moment where In reality, it's like more of a reflection and like you need to get as detailed as possible.
3: I sat there and you're just like sitting in a room and there's a camera and then they have somebody on a microphone basically just like asking you questions and stuff because you're kind of in this dark room and it's kind of ominous and stuff. And they're also being like, why were you crying or like, why did you make this decision? It it felt like an interrogation.
6: I walked into that little, um, I just did the, you know, they have the two different types of interviews, whether it's the intake interview where you're in regular clothes, which like shocker, that's filmed after the the run of the, you know, like after somebody has been eliminated. And then they have that, the other one where you're wearing your tracksuit. I walked in, I'm like, I look like I'm on the set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like it felt like I was in a sewer. And they have you do these interviews. Nobody's in the room. It's just, you're talking to a camera or somebody like a, a intercom with somebody talking to you. and um, And you're supposed to say, I'm walking into the dorm and like everything is present tense. And that's a really awkward way to, you know, I was, I don't think I was very good at it. I look back um, at Trey's interviews and I've complimented. I'm like, Trey, you're really good at this. (laughs) Like, like putting yourself back in that moment. Um, Yeah. I don't think I was very good at it. I also, um, I watch big brother and uh, and the people that interview on big brother on their confessionals, inevitably, it sounds like they're, screaming it's like why are you talking so loud and i realized after i left like i think i was yelling at the camera so i'm kind of relieved that they didn't use any of those interviews because yeah i think i was talking way too loud <laughs> i mean now that you bring it up if it's all
0: filmed afterwards like i can imagine i mean because trey had interviews from like the the first episode on so i couldn't imagine like how he just went from like okay in this moment it was fine. I was like getting used to the game I must have. In this moment is really emotional. And so it's impressive that he had that much like emotional flexibility, I guess, to like fit whatever
6: moment they were gonna splice it into. Yeah, you're right. Just to clarify, the the tracksuit interviews, those were filmed throughout the, the filming and also okay. people would come in after. Okay. It was that like intake interview, like the player processing. Where if you look in the first episode, um, like Trey, his nails are really long because he's been in the game for you know like two weeks. So, um, so those were all, to my understanding, filmed afterwards um, in your your street clothes. But the the green tracksuit interviews, those would have been throughout and also okay. after, at least in my experience. Okay.
4: As you saw in the show, I didn't have any talking heads, so that's probably they they probably saw mine and were like, no, we're not, we're not including any of those. I think I had a voiceover or two voiceovers and then obviously in the show after when they released information about the top nine I had a I had a talking head moment which was really nice I really enjoyed that but yeah I found I found it quite hard I mean I did acting I mean what the worst thing is I did acting in college and stuff and when they ask you to try and put yourself back in that moment and talk as if it was happening I think I just got too emotional I'd maybe play acted on it too much and it just wasn't necessary I think a lot of the talking heads they did show people were just being very logical in their explanations and that's what they were showing I think I was trying to act it too much and that's probably what they didn't like they were tough you know it's you're in this room you have to go back to the feelings and the emotions that you felt in the game and that sometimes was three four hours after the game had finished it was tough to put yourself back in that in that scenario, I think the peer players that were shown doing it did an absolutely fantastic job. I did a couple
7: and they were fine. I mean, what they did for me particularly is they bring me back and they try and talk to you and like, so who are you friends with? Who do you not like? And they're trying to get information out of you to get their storyline crossed. I wasn't willing to throw certain people under the bus like that, even if I wasn't friends with them. That's just not what I wanted to be portrayed as. I have a life outside the show. I do a lot of important things outside the show. And the last thing I need is my face running my mouth about someone else in particular that could look like me too. And that's not what I was trying to do. So yeah, I kind of shut a lot of that down, which cost, certain, cost me probably airtime but I'm fine with that. I went on the show to win the money. I didn't go on the show to get airtime or anything like that. It is what it is when it comes to that, but you know, it's, it's inter- I mean, I'm recap. I can, re- I have a good memory, so I can remember things pretty vividly and what's going on.
0: It's good that you have the, you're figuring out what they're trying to do and you know what's coming and like oh, trying yeah. to avoid anything that could make you look bad. Was there one challenge that you think was like the hardest that you had to do? The hardest test I think for everybody was red light, green light. Um,
1: Cause you go in there, like I said, we knew it was gonna be long, but not that long. Everybody will tell you that just to survive that game, you had to go to a place mentally that we, we we had never been before. You know, I can only compare it to like maybe somebody who was in a, you know, a POW or like in a really traumatic situation. But yeah, I mean, cause you would be there stuck in this pose, like okay, I got 30 minutes of this pose, and you would start swaying you know, and then you, I mean, you just have to go to a different place. you focus on another player, you know, um, sing songs in your head, watch people pass it out in front of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still remember when we left, when the game was over, that game, they, they carted us all back to the hotel. And I remember sitting down in the bathtub and I was going to take a shower, but I didn't, I was just laying there. I was like, what did I just do? I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, to this day, I was like, I don't know if I could do it again. I tried doing like a little standing thing, didn't even last five minutes. I was like, man, how did I do seven and a half hours? It was just, it was the hardest thing. And it's funny because all the people that passed, we still have a bond to this day. We're in WhatsApp uh, chat room and we all still talk regularly, literally every day. And we just formed this bond because we knew that we all went through something that most people would never get to experience so it was pretty
0: cool. I hear that a lot whether it's reality show or just like scripted tv or movie like the cast generally like gets along really well and like you know stays in yeah. touch after the fact so it's great to hear that like it's not like you're making these friends and meeting people and then once you're off the show it's done like you get to keep these relationships going yeah. forward so you still get Something out
2: of it. Well, there was obviously physically, mentally, emotionally. The physical side was no question, red light, green light. Red light, green light pushed me to a level I never even knew I I, I can reach. Mentally, I would say battleships because so many people were depending on me, and emotionally, no question, uh, uh, metric mile marbles because I had to eliminate ba- my my white shadow. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mad they didn't include that neither. So me. One eight three Jesse, the one um who eliminated people dash one four one with the um, jack in the box. He um me and him we had an interesting dynamic because you have this big strong six eight guy, and then you have this five seven white guy from Arkansas with the New Yorker, <laughs> and yeah. our 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 dynamic was so interesting. And I, I'm a little I'm a little upset they
3: didn't show that. Everybody would talk about it in there like, oh, well, what are you? most excited or most nervous for like what is your bane of your existence and everybody said Delgona, and I went around telling everybody in those dorms that oh Delgona's is easy I'm gonna make it like it's gonna be so easy it's like whatever I'm a jeweler this is fine so I ended up putting an immense amount of pressure and stress and anxiety on myself because I just went and told 200 people that I'm gonna kill this game right so going into Dalgona and I got circle thank god but I knew I was like oh my god if for some reason I get umbrella because because again everything was twisted I was like I don't know how they're going to decide how everybody gets shapes and stuff
0: that was a big aspect of the show that I liked because I was expecting oh yeah I I was honestly a skeptic of the show at first I was like yeah they're going to copy and paste squid game just like with real people whatever I watched the first episode I was like okay this is pretty cool I was the second episode I was like oh they're adding like some cool twists and things by episode three I was like emotionally invested I was like <laughs> you got this on the edge of my seat like ready to yell at my phone so like they definitely did a good job like adding a certain like uniqueness to the challenge rather than just being like a carbon copy of the show
3: yeah and then that's the thing is like a lot of us in there was like oh it's just gonna be squid games right but I was Like, we all kind of knew because we couldn't murder each other that they would have to, like, incorporate ways so that people would do, like, dorm eliminations. So I was there for the phone. They didn't tell us anything. They literally just, like, brought this phone out. and We were all just like, okay, (laughs) what? And what you guys didn't see is that phone rang four times. And the first time Hussein 198 answered it, and he got his burger, and that was the whole, like, Hamburglar episode that happened which was hilarious um and then the second time it rang uh a guy got a pizza and then the third time it rang my buddy actually answered it and he got donuts that was great because he shared them with all of us and like i hadn't had sugar in a week at that point um yeah. and then the fourth time was the was the second time that you guys saw it but everybody knew as soon as they brought that phone out we were like somebody's getting eliminated like there's no way that they're gonna bring this in and it's gonna be like oh it's gonna ring and whatever right so i really liked how netflix thought of these interesting ways to come up with like dorm eliminations like watching the jack-in-the-box episode i thought was so intense like that is crazy that they did that but again in the sh- in the real show they had the brawl night so they had to make up for us being able to like test our yeah. morality like yeah. we said to and, so many
0: people. yeah and it's really interesting that the phone was went on that long maybe it's different from like the outside looking in but like, if I'm there and it's been good three times in a row, and it goes a fourth time, I I start to f- have the feeling that everyone in the show did. It's like no way is it four times in a row going to be good.
3: <laughs> what I had learned in there is that four in Korea is like a super unlucky number. So as soon as that okay. phone fourth time and Hussein ran over to get it, we were all like, "You are done, buddy." And they didn't show this; like nobody liked him because he was kind of a misogynistic racist douchebag uh, so when he got eliminated all of us were like hallelujah answer that phone and that's why like he ran around trying to like convince everybody and nobody listened to him because none of us trusted him none of us trusted him i guarantee if one of my buddies had that he could have gotten like one of us to pick up the phone because we we liked him and trusted him and stuff so so that's why that's why he got eliminated because he sucked
6: (laughs) Red light, green light was super intense, both physically and mentally. And then the choosing Dalgona shapes, it only took two minutes. I mean, definitely more stressful. I think it was the craziest two minutes of my life, just in that, that the heightened stakes and personality is unpredictable. You know, you don't know, like I didn't, I don't know whether I'd really talked with any of those other three people that I was in that room with. So it's like, you don't know what to expect out of other people. You are thrown into this crazy situation. So I I do think that that, personally, that was my most
4: challenging moment on the show. I'm going to say my hardest challenge was circle of trust, I think, only because I have minor claustrophobia, right? So I have a phobia of being blindfolded, or if I'm in a really small space that I can't get out of, I get very anxious. It's a weird thing, but I'm going to say circle of trust because of that. You know, you're blindfolded for 20, 10, 20 minutes at a time. And I just, I really didn't enjoy that aspect of it. I think if we weren't blindfolded and it was something else, I would have fared A lot better i think obviously physically the obvious is red light green light was the most physically challenging game that we did i think all of the dorm challenges were very very brutal i feel like they were all very very intense and there was no real warning as sometimes when we're going to do one of these they just happened that made those games even more brutal and intense because we were kind of blindsided for this challenge coming up and didn't know how to handle it obviously there were some that we were given and a little bit of notice as it as it was coming up but yeah some of them were just blindsided with them so it was very very intense
0: I mean especially like from an audience point of view I had no idea circle of trust like each round took that long where you guys were blindfolded what was going through your head during those 10 or 20 minutes each time that you were blindfolded
4: try not to have a panic attack that was that was going through my head um that was the main thing going through my head i was trying not to have a panic attack because i didn't want to be seen on netflix having a panic attack that would have been very very embarrassing um not saying having a panic attack is embarrassing but i didn't want to be seen for having one the times that i was i was blindfolded which were three times i was yeah trying really hard to breathe and not you know not panic and not getting my own head. I think, you know, when I first came into the game, and I knew it was circle of trust. When I realized it was circle of trust in that green room, my initial plan was going to, I was going to go for Rose or Hallie. Those are my two I was going to pick if I was given the opportunity with the box. Um, and it was going to be more Rose. I think Halley was always a hindsight decision rather than an in the moment decision. But then when I was walking to to Rose's desk, I picked my, and, uh, you know, picked probably the worst person I could have picked because she's a trained adjudicator. So, yeah, yeah
0: she, not the, my she had her style. talking head in the show. She was like, I'm an yeah. adjudicator. I read people for a living. I was like, oh, he's screwed. I was like, "That that's not yeah, good. That's dumb. probably yeah, one dumb. of the worst options you couldn't pick. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Absolutely. Because I was very panicky in the blindfold, I was kind of begging not to be picked. like, really like really begging not to be picked. I would have much rather had a present on my desk than be picked to give a present. Because, you know, reading people and, you know, sniffing out a liar, I'm really, really good at. In fact, I'm probably one of the best I know at doing that, you know, not when say I'm trained, I'm, I'm a trained adjudicator like my obviously, but you know, I mean, I've, I've been in sales for 10 years, my job is to read people my job is to read behaviors is to read you know signals that i can then use to sell a product to so i'm really good at that so i think if i was given the present not saying 100% I would have got it right, but I would have had a much better chance in moving, progressing to the next rounds if that was the case. I guess mine in particular
7: where I got eliminated was, I mean, red light green light was the hardest, but the most problem was when I had to, I was at the front of the line for dalgon and I took a shape. That just has, that caused a lot of me thinking in different directions rather than what I instinctively would have done just because people were allowed to come up to me and tell me what they thought when it was me that had to do it. But they were, you know, they're looking out for themselves. I totally get it. But it could put kind of a burden on me to where I have to worry about or think about all these other people, not just myself. I didn't think I was going to have to have that issue going into the game. I pretty much, you know, I was going to have a few people I was caring for, but not holding their game in my hands. Yeah, that was probably the most typical part was negotiating with three other people in a span of two minutes to figure out something to do that wasn't a game and everyone coherently agreeing on it. And unless you're dealing with Someone who's willing to submit, which no one in my group was, then it was going to be very difficult to kind of achieve that goal.
0: Now that you've faced your unfortunate elimination, how do you feel about your performance on the show? You know, I had a, I feel great about it. I mean, there was so
1: much that they didn't show, um, on there, and I was, I'm still proud of that. You know, um, I had some embarrassing moments. I'm glad they didn't show those, but yeah, I'm still, I'm glad that they. I wasn't a featured player, you know, by any means, but. I, you know, I watch the show and I'm stopping it every few seconds. I say, oh, there I am. There I am. You know, and I, I think I caught it myself like 20 times where I'm shown, you know, just in the scene. So I'm real happy that I portrayed the way I was. And um, it was just an amazing experience overall. And, I, I'm you know, I'm happy with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's no easy job for them. I mean, they have 456 people, like, obviously, unless they made it forever long and they couldn't feature everyone. I feel like they did a great job of giving everyone, you know, their little moments.
2: I felt that I did uh, uh, well. I represented the people around me who I love, like dearly, with with pride, with honor. Um, I was 100% true to myself. In that situation specifically, it's hard to, to continue to be yourself when everybody is trying to get a prize. And I know I, and I know, Squid Game is an individual thing. Only one person can win. But I was like, how many people can I help? How many people can I inspire? I don't know if you noticed, after I got eliminated, you see all of them supporting each other. You know, pushing yeah. each other like, you got it, you got it. Like, come on, you, I love you, you got it. And throughout the whole show, I was consistent with that. That's all I wanted to do, was in- inspire people. Even though like, it seemed like I became a martyr you know yeah and i'm just like i just wanted to truly inspire people to be them their best selves that's great and you
0: mentioned it there i think even after you left i could see like the impact you had on people going forward and they (laughs) almost not not acted like you were still there but kept that like bond going and kept that Mm -hmm. support for everyone
3: when i was in there i had a lot of like life things happen i realized a lot about myself and my life and things that i needed to change so i actually stressed A lot about what Netflix could have potentially included that I had said about people that I live with, like in Canada and stuff, or people in the dorms. Now that the show's out, I am so happy that I got minimal screen time. I have like two lines of dialogue and like my elimination, which I knew they were going to air because I literally, as soon as I walked into the battleship set or warship set, I immediately started crying because I was like, we went into that thinking that it was either an all for one or one for all. Like, either we were all going to go back to the dorms that night, or we were all going to get eliminated and go to the pub that night. So either way, I was like, I don't care what the outcome is. I'm just with my homies and I'm happy to be with my homies. And then I found out it was Battleship and I saw how it was set up. And I was like, they're, this is, they're going to split us all up. Like, this is it. Like, and that's what I had a really hard time grasping with, was I might not see these people anymore. I might go home or I might stay and my friends might go home. I knew the crying was going to be included and I was kind of okay with it. Because again, low standards. I don't care. Show me rubbing condoms on my face. Show me bawling in a fake boat. I don't care. Um, But I am happy they didn't include some of the stuff I said about things and situations that were happening at my life back at home because I really was worried that <laughs> I would, there'd be repercussions from that. So. So it was good, They did good.
6: Mm -hmm, I was low key nervous for the last like 10 months from the time we shot to the time that the show aired. How's that moment gonna come across? I knew that, like I came home and I told my family, like there's, I cannot imagine an edit where you will not see me on the show. Like it's just like, they can't edit around this. Looking back, I was like, do I remember it the way it really happened? We have to choose these shapes um for our entire line so like 49 50 people behind us and we have two minutes to do so in on set they told us no playing a game to decide so everyone online that i've seen is like why didn't they do rock paper scissors that would have been really easy yes we should have but we couldn't we couldn't do that so we, we negotiated for like 45 seconds that they don't show my rationale was we didn't know what we were lining up for when we lined up one two three four so the fairest way would be Line one takes shape one, line two takes shape two, et cetera. Which is eventually how they ended up doing it, the the group after me. We then race the guy who called Go. He was already running. Like my recollection was he already was running when he said Go. And you hear me a little bit like, wait, that's not fair. Three, two, one, two. Oh, wait. That's a- uh, but then there was no kind of going back on that. So he got star. Then DeAndre got uh, triangle. I tried to debate a little bit like, hey, this wasn't fair. And realized well, th- there's no time to do that. So. I eventually, I go to star and then Deandre and Laverne are on the same, they're both on triangle. Deandre starts, he comes over to star. And then the three of them decide that I should continue to move down over to Umbrella. And even when we got off, when we all got eliminated, they continued to say, why didn't you move down? Like they all blamed me in that moment. I don't know whether in in seeing it and, and in retrospect, they still feel that way, but it made me second guess myself thought okay I know I didn't win the race but I was the first one to touch star so at minimum I should be able to keep star it should be whoever came in last which turns out to be Laverne that person should have taken umbrella in my mind if we were going along with the game yeah. like the, the rules of what we had set, but there's just no time to even kind of process rationally so by the time there were three people yelling at me and one of which was like getting in my face. I just kind of dug my heels in and in retrospect, was that the right thing to do? I don't, I don't know. Cause yes, we all got out. So you can either have a shot at Umbrella or you're all out. I'm pleased with how I was, to get back to your question, I'm pleased with how it came across because I have gotten compliments from friends and from people that I don't know, like, hey, way to stand your ground. I don't know if standing my ground is the right thing to do there, but it just, for me, if I have people in my face telling me what to do, oh, screw you, I'm not gonna do that. Right? Yeah, Whatever yeah. you want me to do, no, it's not yeah, my it's choice.
0: Yeah, it's the whole thing of like, right? I understand that it's high stakes, but if you just take a minute, calm down and ask like, Nicely, that's a better chance of it happening than you like stepping
6: forward and like trying to get what you want. It's just crazy how human minds work. And and I think their recollection of the, the chain of events or just expectations, everything was just kind of thrown out the window because it's just such a crazy high stakes moment. are starting with 456 people and, and almost 200 people in the dorm. The showrunners, they had the luxury of putting people in almost impossible situations. Like there was no scenario the first set of four people were gonna agree. I think very little chance that the second set, like I'm kind of even surprised. I thought it maybe would have gone even further than the third set, but they could stand to get people out, well, you
0: know? Yeah,
6: yeah, they definitely had the people
0: to do it and i feel like it's definitely interesting that they took more or less the same games or ideas from the original squid game but like found ways to innovate or to like make it higher stakes and rely more on like
6: interpersonal relationships or just like dynamics yeah i I liked how much freedom they gave to for the players to decide how they were going to tackle it like Glass Bridge, when Roland says we should each take like one chance, like one fifty-fifty 50 shot and share it. So it's so it's even or the dice game eventually. Like there was enough latitude yeah. to allow the players to decide how they wanted to play the game. Which I thought was neat. It definitely makes sense that they
0: set some parameters because I could yeah. imagine you have over 200 people. Like someone's gonna find like a pretty smart way to like barely decide basically anything that comes yes. up for Glass Bridge. Now that you say it, I'm sure they brought this up. People make their shot and like land and then wait to see whether they fall through or not. I think it was in TJ's interview that he was talking about like jumping across like roofs. And I know someone who else who had watched the show and the thought came up of like well why don't you just like quickly jump like glass to glass and just get across the entire thing and I'm like I'm sure I'm sure they brought that up in production that you can't just like sprint across <laughs> the entire bridge yes yeah yeah certain rules
4: I'm very proud as I said I'm very proud for how far I got I mean very very proud and I, I feel like I achieved a lot in there I learned a, a massive amount in in the games as well it was one of the best experiences of, experiences of my life now that I've seen it and even maybe three or four months after filming you know I am annoyed at myself a little bit for how I performed I you know I could have made a better decision I could have done more in that circle of trust game and, and you know who knows it could have been me in that top three it could have been me winning that money but everything happens for a reason so i've got to trust that it just wasn't my time to to be successful in that in that environment and my time's coming so yeah overall now just very happy i'm very happy very very excited you know very impressed with how it's come out as well i think the show's been amazingly edited Um, and I think you know Netflix and the editors have done an incredible job because I think the show itself is just very very good but I'm just very happy with my own performance 100%
7: I did what I could unfortunately I was in the wrong spot at the wrong time you know I think everything happens for a reason at the time yes I was very upset but I think you know that's where I was meant to leave and exit the game that was just kind of like my destiny to an extent unless I was willing to you know completely sacrifice everything and go to the umbrella which I wasn't willing to do at that point in time. But uh, yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people in the umbrella line since and they all say the same thing. They're like, oh, but when you were up there, I knew for a fact you weren't going to pick umbrella. And them saying that is like a double edged sword. It's like, I appreciate you guys thinking so highly of me and having that much confidence in me, knowing that I'm going to stand up for y'all and all of us to take care of business. But at the same time, it kind of, you know, it's it hurt. it's a thorn because you get eliminated in that sense if no one else picks umbrella per se yeah. you know i stand on my decision like i said i'm happy i'm I'm fine with it if that means i got cut at that time i got cut at that time i stood on my ground and the only thing i can hope for is the respect of others that they understand the position i was in War warships like, yeah. it
5: just felt like it was that was chance it was just pure chance it wasn't skill you know and the other yeah. two things was definitely um school, skill you know you had to be mentally ready but that war game you know and it's a game it's a game you know you just have to accept it because if I'd been tug of water I'd been I'd been trying to get in with the boys you know I'd have been playing the the card of the old lady wanting to get help you know playing that card which I was doing.
0: If you got a chance to like go back and change anything about the way you played do you think you would? Oh yeah I definitely would and it
1: sounds funny the one thing I would change would be my eating habits going into the game because that was such a huge factor for everybody. I mean, I wish they would have showed it on the show more. All everybody talked about was food. I mean, everybody was starving there. And I, because like I said, I was prepping by you know exercising a lot. I'm eating a lot of you know rice and, and chicken and things of that nature and turkey balls. And um, man, I got there and it was it was just like immediately stopped. You know, the moment we got to the hotel, our portion sizes were like really really small. And I was like, oh my god. And so I'd be in the hotel hungry we were always hungry. You know, Um, that was the one thing that was the biggest shock. And but by, by the time I got to my last challenge, the marbles, I was just famished that day. I was just, I was like, I just want to go home. I want to eat. Well, we, we get caught wind that when you're done, when you're eliminated, you get to go back to the hotel and you can have whatever you want. And we, everybody knew what we wanted. And the thing was the Wagyu burger with, with chips. And that's all I was thinking about when I was playing that game. I was like, I want a Wagyu burger with cheese on it and some chips. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I I was, you know, not taking anything away from Chad. Because he, I love Chad. Chad's a great guy. The guy I went, went out against. But I was just famished. And I just wanted to get the hell out of there.
2: No. No. Because that was me. You know, yeah, 100% me.
0: Yeah. I mean, awesome. I feel like a lot of people face that, like, on one hand, I want a better chance at winning, but, like, also, I don't want to change who I am for the show. Like, I want me to be winning it. I don't want, like, some facade that I'm putting up to win it. So, Mm -hmm. I think it's great that you were, you put an emphasis on staying yourself.
3: Now that it's come out and stuff, and I see all the MIPS from the people that, like, made it further and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, you were actually, like, all those people I thought were super nice, but then hearing them be like, oh no, I would eliminate these people if I have to. I was like, excuse me, like, Like, so part of me is like, I think I was just really naive. And also, like, I just, I'm so I think the best of people all the time, because I'm just a positive person and stuff. So I thought everybody was giving me face value. And part of me was like, I should have been more cutthroat like that. And maybe I would have made it a little bit further or whatever, if I wasn't so invested in the friendships and the relationships and stuff. But also, the, I've been saying this since it came out, the real squid game was the friendships made along the way. Cause I still talk to all of my, my I call them my squidlings. um. Since, since we got it out, like the moment we got out, we created a group chat and it has been just going off since I went and visited them in August. And now that's the thing is I've gained friendships from people around the world that I can go visit and bug and hang out with. And, and that's, and that's something that nobody can take from us is, that we all did this crazy thing together and we all trauma bonded. And now I have like 456 friends from around the world that, that is great.
4: hundred percent million percent. Yeah. A million percent. I would have picked, I would have picked Hallie. I, I, in hindsight, if I had the option again, I would have picked Hallie. I think I could have got away with Hallie. I think I got, cause we were, you know, I love Hallie to pieces. We were really good friends in the show for again, like Roland, the duration of our time there, our our time filming there, we were really good friends. And I think even with my guilty tics and my guilty look, I probably, she was the only person I think I could have got away with it. And also I would have made fantastic TV as well. Yeah, that's the main thing. So Forget about the 4.56 million dollars, we're here to make good TV. Every
0: player that's there, even if they don't win, they're a part of what I'm sure will probably end up being one of the, if not the biggest reality show that Netflix has done. Um Absolutely. just like the just Absolutely. the whole selling point of like, all right, Squid Game was our largest show, let's make it a reality show. Like that's probably gonna inherently lead to it being like a massive reality show that they have.
7: No, I think you know, I talked to a bunch of people. I made I made a bunch of connections in there. If I could change anything, sure, I would pick Umbrella. Like, now I would say, yeah, i pick Umbrella because I've seen all the things that come with picking Umbrella. I think I would have completed it, too, by the way. Yes, looking back, sure, I would have picked it. At the time, though, in the moment, I would not have picked it. So if that makes any sense. Um,
0: yeah. But uh, in, in the moment, you wanted to stay true to who you are. Yes, but yes. After the Please. fact, you see, like, okay, obviously I probably should have done that in order to... Continue.
7: yeah i should have in hindsight which is impossible to know sure i should have picked it for for many reasons at the moment i was not picking it period but uh i think besides that the only thing that i might have changed was talking to some people who i knew were very smart i was close with my. She was 287, I'm 288. I talked with her a lot when we were waiting because we were nine of line friends and whatnot, line neighbors. But just really saying, like, talking more game, I guess you could say, because I wasn't trying to talk too much game early on because I thought that was a little suspect. Like, okay, you're talking game a lot. Like, what's going on? But if I did that, I feel like somebody would have been, like, giving me an insight, like, hey... Don't get in line four because it's bad luck in Korean. Or maybe get in the middle because we don't know what's happening. But I didn't talk game enough to where I was hearing those things. So that's the only thing. If I were to ever happen to do something like that again, I would talk a lot more game. Because I was just trying to get to know people. I didn't want to intimidate people or yes. try and make them think i was plotting so i just wanted to be myself and talk about things that didn't revolve the game which was great as well but i would talk a lot more game
5: the thing is though they've asked me to do it again as you do um which i'll do again i'll, I'll apply whether i get in or not it's another thing it's that comradeship you have to try it if you have got a chance if you ever want to it's that feeling of accomplishment of getting to each step you know like living in dorms yeah. like People with you don't know, like you've got 197 people in that dorm and the rest are dead. They're all dead as far as you're concerned. You get to make alliances. You get to know people, the real people, without the makeup, without money, without anything. You're just on the same level. Nobody's any better. And and I love that. Everybody's just normal. And it was great. That feeling of, I don't know, you have to try. And I will, I will, I'll, I'll apply again. I'll apply again whether I get in again. But this time, I won't be the same. I'll play it differently. I will be loud. And that will be me. You know, I'll be fun. I mean, I love it. I was still doing that. But I'll be playing to win.
0: Through your whole experience, do you have, like, one event or one part of it that you think was your favorite part about being on the show? Oh, yeah. Walking the steps. That, I loved walking the steps. You know, it was
1: just so cool to see on TV. But, yeah, to see it, you know, fully built out, you know, and we're all, and, you know, it's, it's that vivid in real life. I mean, I loved it. I mean, that's the one thing I loved the most. I was, they had us do it a few times and I just kept wanting to walk the steps. It was just so cool to me. I
0: don't know why, I just love the steps. I just love them. I mean, it is a great like set and set design. Like it looks really yeah. cool, especially when you have the people like actively walking up the steps. It looks like this cool, I don't know, like moving
2: image. Something they didn't show. The whole dorms had a talent show. It was crazy seeing people from all different aspects of life, different parts of the world with their different talents. You know, one guy was breakdancing. He, he was like, oh, snap. Like, I, you look at him and you, you're like, no, you can't breakdance. But like, he's spinning on his head and, and doing all this stuff, backflipping. And then there's this one lady that was super, super, super quiet. She sang a song, and we was like, where the hell was this? And, and and she blew us away. And then, um, what was it? It was another one. The guy, uh, some, uh, I forget his name, I swear I forget his name. Um, he did a magic trick and it blew me away because I'm like, there's you can't have anything here. How are you pulling that? Where are you pulling that from? <laughs> and you yeah. know, it was just so, it was so crazy seeing so much talent from around the world. Hearing about like this talent
0: show, I've heard about like players, tying like clothes together to like make volleyball or soccer like it's great that you guys found ways to like play sports or play games and like have fun with each other
2: in the doors rather than just sort of like sit around waiting for the next game yeah every morning which they didn't show again every single morning that whole time I was there I did four laps one way and four laps another did 20 push-ups and 50 squats and I started it was of course it was by myself of course initially but then you know, I was like, hey, just get your blood flowing, get yourself ready for the day. Don't like you gotta you gotta at least kinda be ready, like at least physically. And then it went from five people and the five people went to 30, 30 went to 50, 50 went to 80, and they all were just, you know, following me. But like I didn't ask them to. They just did it. They ended up calling me coach. <laughs> that was my nickname, coach. Like it was either TJ or coach. It was humbling to see that people trusted me enough to you know, like for a lead them with that.
3: Definitely, like I said, the squad, the squidlings. That yeah. is what I, yeah, I
2: started to get the sense that I would be. Yeah,
3: answer. I'm such a bubbly person. And you know what? Like the whole experience to, to do something that I never thought that I could handle or do, like I kind of thought oh pretty low about myself going into the games. Like I had really low self-esteem. I had like zero self-confidence, but leaving those games being like Oh my god! I did red light, green light, and it took nine and a half hours. And it like, and I did Delgona after telling the world that I could do it, and gave myself all this anxiety. So definitely, like the the homies I made, but also like finding it, like I felt like I found myself in there, and like found this confidence that I still have. Like eleven months later, I'm still walking around like, heck yeah, I can do anything, um, because of the show. And like I wouldn't have traded anything for that like it was crazy
6: i met some really interesting uh, cool people from all around the world that was really that was neat and there's people that like my closest group of friends they were in my line right behind me uh in in that what what eventually got circle so like mark who went in after me and shelby and jacobin jacobin was one of the guys who went up um during jack in the box and he got the advantage and then got eliminated because he got the advantage so that was my little group and we've had group zoom calls and like where we stay in touch and it just like a lot of really cool people that I wouldn't have had a chance to meet otherwise. Like I don't come in contact with like BMX motorcycle jumpers, you know, and yeah. uh and like dune buggy like bog racers and stuff. Like just cool stuff that I have no exposure to. So I that and then like the Technical theater, like artistic installation side of me, like just seeing the sets. I'm so glad I got to see, what, five of the sets. I would have loved to have seen more, but that was really cool. And like on the stairs, I'm looking at the back to see like, okay, how did they build this? What are these panels of and stuff? So um, so I, loved, I loved that. But the, overall, it was just a, a really cool adventure.
7: The favorite feeling was probably completing Red Light, Green Light, uh, very euphoric. I guess seeing what it's like to be on one of these as a whole, one of these sets, like these reality sets, I kind of, I've watched a lot of shows in the past and I've watched Big Brother, i watched Challenge, i watched Flavor of Love, you know, all these shows and I've always wondered what it would be like to be a character on these shows and I see what it is now. It's very interesting, very interesting to say the least. Now this was a little different, it was 456 people and it really kind of changed my mindset. That what i thought was what i thought was actually going on to what actually is going on i'm glad i have that perspective and insight now
0: yeah you have the inside look of like what it's actually like filming one in these because the shows usually make it look faster easier than yep. it actually is in reality mm-hmm. after the show coming back did you find that like anything about your regular life or your schedule like changed?
1: i think it did i mean one I was like, wow, I don't have, you know, because everybody was like, oh, I want to take a selfie. You know, the, the people were doing it. It's like, oh, I don't have the phone. You know, and it, it forced you to talk, you know. And so that was really cool because it's like, okay, I'm, I don't want to lay in bed all day. I'm just going to get up and talk. That's all everybody was doing. You know, it's so much talking, so much talking. I mean, everybody for the first couple of days, we would talk, you know, for about a good half of the day. And then our voices would start going, you know, real coarse and hoarse. And, you know, I was like, oh, I can't talk anymore. I just want to lay down. No more talking, but yeah, it was really cool just not having technology and just being ourselves. You know, it really was. It's like, wow, this is kind of cool, meeting all these people. So I, I fully jumped on that aspect of the game and had a really good time with it.
2: Hell yeah. Um, I went in 255 pounds. I came out 221. I lost a lot of weight very quickly. When I got home, we, my wife, my uh, Sam, and our kids, they took me to Chili's. They put the plate in front of me, and I literally just cried over the plate. I was like, I am never taking anything for granted ever again, you know, like, because we ate boiled chicken and, and half cooked rice and runny oatmeal for weeks. Yeah. That changed, Um, and I would say, I, I it, it sounds weird, but I look around more. I'm a city guy, so nature, ah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, like, I actually look at the, the sunsets now. i take pictures now, you know, like, I appreciate the smallest, tiniest things, like, I look at the foliage, I look at you know, I play I play video games with my kids now, you know, just like because like I, I was so just a um online player for so long. And and now, you know, like I got a second controller like, hey kids, like let's play some Mortal Kombat. Or, or, or you know, let's play some uh, um, we'll switch turns with Garance mode. I'm a lot more uh, um caring also. I'm a lot more caring and empathetic because in the show, you know, being myself, it was it was hard to continue that in that pressure situation because I wanted to break so many times, but a lot of people didn't allow me as much as I didn't allow other people. This world is so easy to hate. It's so easy to complain. It's so easy to like, you know, just be within yourself. But uh, um, I, when I came back, I said, I told myself, I'm gonna exude love. I'm gonna, you know, move with love. I'm gonna be more, I'm gonna listen to people more, you know, be more empathetic. And and, uh, um, that truly translated to the coaching that
0: i'm doing now i'm sure with everything you went through on the show you have plenty of like lessons and thoughts that you want to share with your team and like things that you're instilling
3: in them yes i uh so before going into the show i was in a very long-term relationship with this guy that wasn't really right for me and i didn't think that i deserved anything else other than this relationship that i was in and being in the dorms and talking to these super highly successful people like some people are influencers there was lots of athletes in there like business people and having them tell me that i'm amazing and my boyfriend's an idiot for not proposing to me and we had been together eight years at this point made me realize oh, oh yeah it was a whole thing uh, i basically came back and broke up with him like six months later and i was like i can't do this you <laughs> you don't treat me well and i did freaking red light green light so piece yeah so that's the thing is like i'm, I'm back on my parents p- property and stuff which whatever um but i've never been happier like i'm so glad that i cut that crap out of my life and i'm now like focusing on me which i've like it feels like i've never done before so
0: yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. that's great for you
3: thank you yeah like
6: we talked about earlier there's been a few times in my life where i've had kind of a little I mean, albeit small, but a little bit of spotlight on me or some sort of like event and then settling back into regular life. I could see it being a challenge for some people and and even for myself, who I feel like I have a very full life and really like what I do professionally and outside of work and great friends and family and things like that. Still it's like you come down off of this high of having this crazy adventure and you feel like you're settling back into quote unquote normal life. And this time kind of had it twice, where it's the filming. And then it takes time to kind of settle back down, start sleeping well, because my brain would continue to be like processing this event. And then finally it gets okay closer to the release date of the premiere and my brain starts to get going again. And then with the release and then people asking for autograph, like just online, of course, like nobody recognizes me in real life, but um, like somebody uh, like asking for an autograph or fan art or like followers on Instagram, it's like, okay, this is very, this is very strange. And so I'm still kind of like, all right, put the phone down. I I can go to bed with there still being Instagram notifications. I don't need to be on top of everything or no, I don't really need to reply to that. So it's still kind of settling in in that respect. Now that it's been live, I'm starting to get back there though. So it's been a fun kind of blip on the radar, but I didn't expect anything to like come of it my approach is setting low expectations and being pleasantly surprised when fun stuff happens
4: i never ate porridge again that's 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 for damn sure um <laughs> i don't think anything changed i mean it took me a long time to get back into old habits that i'd established before i went into the show i don't think i you know changed anything for the better it taught me a lot of things about myself 100 mentally i think that's the bet that's the most i took out of it was how much of an impact it made on my you know mental health in for the better, not for the worse, for the better. and it kind of gave me a level of confidence I never had before around what I could do, what I could achieve when I put my mind to something. but actual like routine habits, no, I wouldn't say I, it took me as I said, it took me a long time to get back into the old ones I had, but then I didn't keep any of the ones that I had developed from the squid game, no way.
7: A lot changed. So when I got back, I was really evaluating kind of what I was doing at that point. I mean, I was doing things I wanted to do, but I met a lot of people who do a lot of content creation online on the show. You know, we talked a lot about that and they kind of gave me the confidence to kind of do that like legitimately and not just, you know, I'll post a TikTok once every five months type of thing. So I really went ham at it. I started doing TikTok a lot. I started doing YouTube. I started posting more on Instagram and whatnot, showing a little bit more of myself and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with that because I always, I'm a preacher. I'm building your own brand and whatnot. So I 100% respect what you're doing and whatnot with your YouTube and other (laughs) uh, content (laughs) things. So I definitely understand how much of a grind that can be because I started that when I got probably in February when I got out. That being like kind of the real beginning of my content creation journey and doing it the whole year definitely changed a lot you know i was i went covered the nfl draft this year i was going i covered a lot of concerts uh different sporting events as well a lot of different things were took me a lot of different places and if i wouldn't have been doing that then i wouldn't have done that and met all these crazy amazing people i mean this time last year i wasn't i did not really have a TikTok. I did not, I had a YouTube page, but like just the basic one to watch other videos. I didn't have anything yes. on there. I didn't really tweet that much. I was just kind of a viewer online, you know? And I see now the platform that you're able to build to kind of make something for yourself. Cause I always saw the people who did it from afar. I never knew anyone in person who was a YouTuber or anything like that. Like Mr. B stuff. It seems not real to me. It seems, Oh, that guy, he already had like a million dollars and he could pay all these people to edit the videos and put stuff together. That's not the case. Like there are real people who do these things and are building it from scratch. And it's going to be hard at the beginning. But if you keep doing it, you'll see the fruits of your labor eventually soon cherish. Might take a year, two years, three years. But eventually, if you keep at it, it will get there. And just knowing these people in real life and seeing them, it made me kind of wake up and like, oh, this is real. This isn't fake. Definitely my habits changed with that. I mean, I got busy with the content stuff and posting, you know, a bunch of TikToks a day and then. I started really heavily on the YouTube, probably summertime. That's when I really started pushing that stuff. But yeah, that's the biggest change. And it's still to this day hanging mm-hmm. on because I started the podcast. <laughs> and then my yeah. own podcast, Identity Podcast, where I talk about former athletes who are trying to figure out who, what they're trying to do nowadays.
0: I heard that you really enjoy going camping. Did that, like, help you with the living situations or the challenges at all? Did you find yourself, like, pulling in skills you had learned? Because we had the beds. We were really bare bones. We had the water bottle, our fanny pack, and a bed.
1: And you're not even guaranteed the bed because every time you do a challenge or something, you know, we'd leave, and then they would break down the beds because whoever was gone, they'd have to take down, like, 20 beds. And then you come back, and you'd have to just scavenge and find a new bed. Um but yeah, I mean, so I don't think I have to use really in my camping stuff. I would have loved to, but you know, we're in this hard dorm. You know, I always tease everybody. I said our dorm—it was like a dorm inside of a prison, inside of a concentration camp. That's what it felt like. You know, I was like, man, this is getting crazier and crazier. But you know, we woke up every morning to that crazy song.
0: Good morning.
1: You know, we were glad to hear it, but it was like, okay, here we go, another crazy day. So, you know, we just made do and
0: survived. I also read that you like writing songs, like for fun. Do you think you'll write a song about your experience on the show?
1: You know, that's a good question. I started out doing poetry, eventually went into rap, did that for a lot of years. And now I'm like doing like country and like, I don't know, like just like pops kind of stuff. And I'm trying to think of a way to incorporate it. Cause I have some good ideas. I just don't know if I should do like a country rap kind of blend. You know, I call it crap music, you know, but but I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. I have some good ideas that I'm trying to incorporate. And I think I might do it though. I I might. I might start posting some of my ideas online soon. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I I enjoyed doing that and incorporating the show into my
0: real life. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're watching this, keep an eye out for Robert's songs coming soon, possibly on the interwebs. During the game, there are all these moments or the storyline sort of builds up to that you start becoming uh like appointed leader of the group or the players remaining what did that feel like for you and did that affect your game or your thinking at all
2: thank you for saying appointed leader because i didn't like as much as i don't mind being a leader so many people like see the edit and make it seem like i thrust myself forward when you know people were breaking people were scared people were nervous about being eliminated and all I and that's what I kept saying in the later episodes. No fear, no glory. If you have fear, you can't achieve glory. And it wasn't that wasn't no arrogant or, or just you know anything like that. I, it's just me being an athlete. and me being somebody who played professional sports for so long, you know. Yeah. And I'm, but um, being pushed, being thrust in that spotlight, you know, it was just, it was something that uh, um, you know, I took with pride because. You know, people maybe may say malicious stuff behind my back, but they never said it to my face. You know, if you're going to appoint me leader, that's why I asked. Again, I said, yeah, like, I would like 100% trust if you want me as leader. Because when there's a mutiny and it's like 90%, it's like yeah. the negativity spreads quickly, especially in a place like the dorms.
0: With your experience playing basketball, did that help you like get into that leadership role or like were you taking bits and pieces from your
2: experience to help you in the game? Definitely my athletic experience. There's so many times in my career where I just put my head down and I I said, I'll drag you to the finish line. If you trust me enough to follow me, follow me. Like, fall in line. and, and, And I'll help us get us through. In that same sentence, I know I can't do it just by myself. I do need the hands of my teammates on my back, you know, just to push me forward. There's some people that push you forward to get behind you. You know, I just took it with a grain of salt.
0: When Glass Bridge came along, you were first in line. As you jumped, did you like feel like you made the right choice or how soon after landing did the platform like
2: fall out? As you clearly seen a the show, like I just closed my eyes and jumped. I didn't think because if I would have really like stayed there and think really heavy, I would have been there for 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, you would have taken up the whole well, time. Yeah. And so uh, um, I just jumped. You know, I felt like I made the right choice. And, you know, I believed it. I have f- uh, faith in fate. And when I jumped, when I landed, it was literally like five seconds. Boom, I landed, player 182, eliminated.
0: Just like that, just falling down. The last question that I have for you a bit of a lighthearted ending to it. You mentioned being a big anime fan earlier on. What are your top three favorite anime of all time?
2: Top three? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Why? All right. Oh, listen right,
0: up. Just, just lift off a couple of names. Let me let me
2: know something. Okay, Dragon Ball, the entire franchise. Um, mm-hmm. it's a religion to me because that that was like everything that I ran home for Toonami. My mom bought bootleg VHS's in the Bronx, you know, like with no subtitles. I'm looking at Dragon Ball with no subtitles in Japanese. That is the main one. I even have a tattoo right here of a Dragon Ball. My my second one I've been enamored with is Demon Slayer. I've been enamored with Demon Slayer. Like uh, uh, I read the manga and I was like, yeah, the manga is great. But not many, not many animes in my lifetime has made me cry. Like and chills and cry and scream at the TV and my jaw drop. Not many, not many. And then my final one, final one is definitely Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I fell in love with it and, um, specifically Brotherhood because it follows a manga like more extremely closely. And so, um, that one, you know, loss, regret, you know, hate, uh, anger. Man, so I could talk about I could talk about that anime for. I do a yearly rewatch. Every year I watch I, I rewatch it, rewatch the whole thing. and I run through it because I know where everything is. So I watch like fifty as big as fifty three episodes. I watch that in about three days because I because I you know like when I'm cleaning, you, you, when you I'm, know
0: exactly what you want to watch and where it is exactly. You snowboard, you ride horses. You. so you like have athletic experience. Did that make you more confident at all going into the game?
3: Yeah, it, it really did. Um, well, that was when I made my audition video, I kind of was like, Oh yeah, I have tug of war under wraps because I literally wrangle thousand pound animals all day. So like, that's fine. And, um, I knew red light, green light, like I'd be fine with because I'm a lifeguard. I literally stand (laughs) and not move for hours sometimes. So I was like, I'm ready for that. So yeah, it definitely helped. I feel like a lot of some people either really prepared for these games or some people just kind of was like, I'm going to wing it and see how far I get. And I was in that camp. I was like... I feel like I can't really prepare for anything, maybe Dalgona, but I'm also like an artist and I make jewelry, like fine jewelry. So I wasn't worried about Dalgona because I was like, oh my gosh, I literally like file silver and gold all day, which is extremely delicate and very fragile. So like, I just, what I did, I ended up snowboarding for like two months every day to prepare myself. And that like got me in a good mental space because I was having fun and being active, but, and also like, I knew it was going to be cold, but I was outside of the cold for two months before. Just me as a person, like the physical aspect because of everything that I do, I was not worried about that at all. But the mental aspects, that's what I was, that's mostly what I was worried about. So I got like, I got The Art of War. It's a book about how to be cutthroat and savage. And I got like halfway through it. I was like, oh, this is like too, too much for me. And I wish I finished it now because maybe I could have, been more cutthroat
0: competing on american ninja warrior do you think that like gave you an edge or gave you an advantage in coming into squid game
3: i think
6: to a certain extent yes like what i learned through american ninja warrior so i got edited out so they have about twice as many people compete as actually get shown in the final episode so i knew that like tv it kind of doesn't care about you as a participant you know it's like they have a bigger project, they're telling a story, they're doing whatever. They really don't have any sort of responsibility to even show you or show you in a good light or give you airtime or anything like that. So I went into it knowing that I could be just not seen at all. And, and I'd have to be kind of okay with that. So um, I think that helped. Another thing that helped, and this is a, another random kind of adventure that I've had. I once lived in a museum for a month uh, and, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that.
0: What was the hardest part about that? Like that experience? And did that like help you for the
6: dorm experience at all? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this like a little bit of background, cause it's a, a very random thing. So there was a contest for, to find a roommate for a, a program called month at the museum. It's at the museum of science and industry in Chicago. It's the largest science museum in the Western hemisphere. So I got chosen for that and lived in this museum. And I think that the biggest challenge there was, number one, just kind of being ready for anything, um, because each day, originally the staff would tell me what was going to happen the next day. Each of my days were themed, whether it's be science day or book day or collections or or what have you. And I said, just, I'm fine. Just, uh, I'll wake up and whatever the day is, you just tell me and I go from there. So just kind of rolling with the punches. And then. With that experience, I signed a contract that said I had to be on, like in a good mood for 30 days. Being on and like interacting with the general public for 30 days is exhausting. And yeah, I'm sure. uh, And so that was a big, I think that was a big challenge there. But it was it was amazing. It was a, a really cool adventure for like, red light green light taking
0: so much longer than is seen. Did that apply to any other like, challenges or tests
6: throughout the show? I mean, everything takes longer than it seems like it should or definitely appears on camera. I mean, we had multiple takes of climbing up and down the stairs. The first time that the guards come out on the stage, that was done a multi, like several times. When the piggy bank starts filling up after the red light, green light elimination, so the first time inside the dorm, I think it took five minutes or more for that to fill up. It like, I just imagine production assistants up on scaffolding with five gallon buckets of dumping this, these fake packets of money. It took so long and we're just like, okay, great. Okay, are we still, we're still going? <laughs> like it took so long. I mean, we were in that white room before going like to pick shapes for Dalgona. We were in there for, for a while. And I mean, that's not even counting the time uh, after I had already been eliminated. But the amount of time people had to sit in that room, like the umbrella group, I think that they had to sit in that room just like all day. Everything took longer than you'd think. But the finished product, I mean, they got the shots that they wanted because I think it's just a really beautifully shot
0: show. In your bio from Netflix, uh, like just sort of fun fact, is that one of your legs is actually longer than the other did that affect your performance at all or is it to the point where it's just uh, like a fun fact about you
4: it's just a fun fact about me uh it doesn't affect my before i mean i play i play soccer here three times a week so I'm, I'm i'm quite i'm very active and it's never really affected that obviously as i get older i get the, the odd pain and ache here and there I don't know whether or not that's just age or that's to do with my leg being one, my legs being, you know, smaller than the other, but I don't think physically it impaired my performance to do any of those games at all. I don't think your physical shape does. I feel like you can be any kind of physical shape um, or any, you know, have anything can you, you, you have a very good chance of of winning. It's just about how you approach those games. Right. I mean, I, I'm not saying, you know, you have to spend vigorous time of, creating a strategy maybe maybe you do maybe some people did but i think it's just about how you approach the games in the moment that is going to be the tell if you get past or not they said to us that the amount of footage they had they could have had 10 seasons of squid game the challenge
0: yeah so yeah I'm, I'm sure i i don't down. doubt
4: it <laughs> yeah they cut you down 10 seasons of worth of footage down to one Ten episodes. season of episode so yeah, I, I appreciate. It. I mean, look, I, I, I wasn't. I mean, I had I had I had a good amount of screen time. I think in those last three episodes, you know, seven, eight, nine, and I'm very happy with the amount I got. You know, I understand why they didn't. You know, it feature all of the footage that they had of me and you know, like the talking heads and stuff, but just to be a part of something, you know, a project in this scale and this size is 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 good enough. For a lot of people including myself
0: you have the identities podcast but then now you've also been doing like the aftermath bringing on different players from squid game the challenge what has that been like and both that and your other podcast where can people find them
7: so you can find my podcast on youtube only i'm not putting it on spotify or anything else Squid game podcast is ending soon but there will be a new one starting in January when that show the greed I forget the name it's like uh the new Netflix show heart of greed or something of greed that is a Netflix reality show based on people like they have all this money and they eliminate people slowly so they could keep more of a portion of the money the people who's left get to keep the money I did not get the whole thing but I just saw a preview of it I was like oh that'd be cool to cover because I was thinking like people like oh you do such a good job in the podcast what are you doing next I was like I don't know except for my own identity podcast and identity podcast, I just explained what that was, but um, I've only been able to do one episode so far. And that was my friend Clayton Eckert. That was the bachelor a couple years ago. So check that one out, but I have more episodes coming on because I play college football with him, but I got more episodes coming on soon. I just had to pause that for the squid game stuff, but yeah, no, it's definitely good. I think I'm gonna keep doing it. Maybe not at this clip rate right, that I've been doing squid games. The squid game has been a little, it's
0: been like, yeah, I saw your that- output with that. I was like, Dang, he's going for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's
7: been a lot. I mean, some one, sometimes I had seven interviews posted in a day. It's definitely been a heavy clip load and unload, and I'm feeling like I'm shooting a machine gun in Call of Duty with these videos popping out. And you know, it's a lot of work to do making the making the thumbnails and getting the videos, make sure they're edited a little bit, and getting them downloaded and rendered, and the descriptions and all these other things, and then post it on this to promote that, and then like I'm posting posting it on promoting it on Facebook. Twitter and all these other things. So it's a lot of it's a lot of work. I wanted to go ham at it just because the show only had a three week high. It was only three weeks that the episodes premiered. So I really had to get them out quickly. It's not like these other shows like The Bachelor or to where it's it's lasting all all these weeks. So you have time to get these people on. I had a short time span to get the height of the interest. and That's why so many videos have been posted so quickly. Now it's been I haven't been able to go to the gym as much during it. I haven't been able to, you know, go do enjoyable things like I usually do. I've made a lot of sacrifice in order to keep that going just because of the time frame. You know, I kind of wish the show lasted a month, even, yeah, one longer week just so I had more time to get stuff done. That's the reason why I just was just going kind of ham at it. And some people are like, I don't know how you're doing that. I was like, look, I don't know either. I have not got a good
0: night's sleep in a while, so...
7: I'm looking forward to this weekend when I am 98 percent done. There's a couple I'm gonna have to wait on, but
6: yeah,
0: awesome! Thank you so much for coming on. It was great, like hearing you talk about your experiences. And I
1: greatly appreciate the opportunity here to be on this podcast with you, and, and said,
2: uh, we we really appreciate you guys doing this for us and watching the show. We really love it. Thank you for having me. This has been a, this has been a privilege, and I'm um, I'm humbly honored by your invite
3: yeah thank you thanks for having me I, I love love anytime anybody wants to talk to me about squid games i'm like yes and it's so nice that it's out now because like i swear to god my family which was the only ones that knew are like we're getting very annoyed because all i would talk about is squid games
4: no worries i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me it's uh it's, yeah, yeah good opportunity to speak with you and yeah i really appreciate the questions they were very good so thank you
7: thank you my man i appreciate you having me all right Peace and blessings.
5: Thank you so much for the interview and I'm glad we got together. So thank you so much and good luck with your, your business and hopefully this is a huge thing for you.